Johnson. Care for a rub down. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Something special is about to happen. Are you waiting to receive my lift penis? Very G'day Rubbers, welcome back to the Weekly Rubdown, a podcast that rubs down everything NRL Supercoach. You are listening to the Fullback Rubdown, baby. I'm your host, Natty, and with me as always, riding shotgun in the Rubmobile is the Stats Wizard, the King of Calculations, the Sultan of the Spreadsheet, Wooker. Hello, mate. What's going on? Mate, what an intro. Yeah, I'm loving it. Like, getting to the back end of these um, positional podcasts, it's... um. It's always a, a good deep dive for us to understand what the fuck we're going to do in these um, these drafts coming up. It is, man. And like, because obviously we start so early, sort of, you know, the first mm. week of January, a lot of things change and we try and keep our finger on the pulse and, and update you guys as sort of our opinions change as we go through. But we always keep fullback to last because it's the most important. It's the sexiest. It's mm. the one you want to get right. You want to be fucking coming out of draft with one of the better fullbacks, someone that's going to, especially if you're a captain's league, you want someone that's pumping out big scores, big ceiling, oh, huge. big erections, lots of frothy ejaculate, <laughs> all of the above. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's the most important position for draft and classic. So you've got to get it right. You've got to do your study, all that sort of stuff. It's um, the most important position. 100%, bro. Let's, uh, let's crack a tin, open, open one up. Pierce the just, top um, of uh, Mark Tinicello. Finish you want the rest of, again. Finish the rest of this bad boy. Hey, baby. Well, that's good. Oh, All right. yeah. This rub down is brought to you by our Patreon. As always, the rubber stats, the rub club, or whatever you want to call it, it is still humming along nicely with plenty of stat sheets to sink your teeth into. I guess the biggest ones that are sort of finalizing at the moment would be our boom bust sleepers uh, ranks yep. as we're yeah. going through these positions. Um, when do they come uh, online book? We've, uh, we've already snuck those Ooh, ones out already. Yum, so yum, 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 yum. We've, um, we obviously uh, have a bit of study before we actually record these potties. So had them yep. ready to rock and rolls. There were a few people who were some misguided rubbers in the, um, in the Patreon we're um, drafting a little bit early, so they've requested a few Idiots. extra sheets. So, yeah, we pumped nah, it out a little good. bit early. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Next Perfect. big thing to come out will uh, after the um, the fullback positional rankings will be the big-ass draft chart, the cheat sheet. Mm, um, the cheat sheet, baby. Yeah. Yes. I mean, a lot of work goes into it. We're going to do one for each of the f- main finals, say, oh, yeah, 20, round 25, round 26, round 27. So, look, realistically, much. It, it only really impacts your first five rounds when you're drafting. So, it's not that much. Well, it is more effort, but it is it is a bit easier than um, going through full 13 rounds. Yeah, it's something you can print off, have next year as you draft, something that'll jog your memory about, you know, what the boys from the rub – uh, like, and you can highlight the guys that you, uh, you're you into. You can cross out the names that you're not into. It's just, yeah, just a nice, like I said, like a fucking cheat sheet next year so you don't have a thousand bits of paper or you don't have all your Excel spreadsheets and all that bullshit up and going. You can have yeah. it clean next year, just next to your laptop, all good. But as we always say, the Patreon tier two definitely has some uh, perks to it, and one of them is 
well, you have to be a tier two subscriber to be in the listener league, but you also have to leave a five star sledge on iTunes, Apple iTunes, as many of you have been doing. And fuck me, they're a giggle. Oh god, this year. I mean, every year I say they're good, but wow, this is yeah, this is this is tasty. I've got one here, um, and it's mm. called Silence of the Lambs. So you can already tell it's going to be good. Yep. The personalities that run this potty are the result of what happens when mother hugs you too much or father didn't hug you enough. Nice. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Walker claims to have upgraded his mic so many times. I think it's I think it's just his surroundings. I bet he's in the basement pra- practicing his tuck and under while dancing in the mirror before each podcast, trying to fill himself with confidence to get rid of the stutter. Keep trying, pal. <laughs> wow. Fair, fair. Okay, my turn. Now the sidekick Natty. The reason I say sidekick. <laughs> is because all the heavy lifting is done by others. He claims to delegate like a legend, but I feel I feel like it's just pity that is taken on his lost soul, so they give him buttons to press for some sound bites. In doing this, he he's ruining the only good thing on this horror show. The constant references of wanting footy players' swords in and around his mouth is also concerning. <laughs> I bet he is the first person to put his hand up when a mate needs some lotion on his back. <laughs> Not just good. the back. Good. Very good. Oh, God. Uh, I can't believe I'm about to pay for this. Thank God they don't make you pay for that other podcast where they bet all year and just break even. <laughs> so he's, oh. done a, he's done a lot of work there. Like, he That's, has fed um, both of us. Good. He has fed both of us. Literally, like, and there's a couple of references to Silence of the Lamb there. You've got you dancing in the mirror with your dick tucked between your legs yeah, yeah. and then me rubbing lotion on dude's back. So Rub the lotion very, on the skin, well, baby. Very well put together. It, even the Chase Your Losses podcast got a fucking uh, a drive-by at the end there. A so. nice little drive-by. Poor old Rando. Did you see his try? Oh, no. Yeah. Dude can, dude can play. Did you see Roasties? Um, yeah. Uh, oh, bro. Lucky put the in a session too. In. Yeah. How good. Oh, good. That was yeah. That's good gear. All the content the boys are pumping out from that mm. game, really yeah. good. Might have to might have to get down there and watch it next year. Be sick. Have to give it a go. All right, bro. Let's uh, let's keep on moving. Yeah, keep those sledges coming in, guys. We will probably pick the listener league. I'm guessing maybe Monday. Monday, that'll give us time to set up draft. That'll give us time to – it might, might even do it Sunday night. That way we can use the Super Bowl to pick the draft order. When's the when, – when are the first NRL trials? I think there's some this weekend, I think. <gasps> Mate, I've just figured out what I'm doing this weekend. Yeah, plenty plenty to watch. I mean, even, even the um, the weekend we're drafting – the weekend of the 23rd, 24th, 25th, there's mm. there's um, trials on that weekend. So, yeah, plenty of footy coming up, people. Strap yourself oh. in. It's going to be fucking fantastic. No, nah, it looks like the trials kick off on the 15th. Fuck. Okay. Anyway. Okay. That's right. Um, all right, let's get into some news. With a Channel 4 News exclusive, Brian. And to watch. Okay, so... We've got a bit of mail here from, I mean, it was all over socials anyway, but Herbie standing out there on the right inside Asako, which is, mm. I mean, that's got a bit of a ripple effect here. Obviously, that's not going to be great for Asako. It's going to be fantastic for Herbie, especially if the Dolphins continue to be that right edge dominant side. But 
Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one? Well, mate, it's a death knell for um, Avarillo, if it's true. Um, mm-hmm. Look, he, he'll still be he'll still be that 50, I mean, 45 to 50 odd player. But look, it's <sighs> terrible, terrible for Osako because we know mm. that um, we know that good old Herbie's a bit of a bit of a glue hand. So, yeah, I, look, to be honest, we'd have to revise some of the some of the rankings, especially for Farmworth, if that is the case, because we yep. know how right dominant um, the Dolphins are, and one of the reasons why. Uh, Herbie slipped so far in the CTW rankings is because he's he's going into the least dominant side in a lower attacking team. Yeah, um, yeah. I, look, we sort of were talking to to Gura about it. He, I, I don't know whether he doesn't want it to be true or he knows it's not true. Either way, 100% I think it's more hope. It's more hope. Yeah, than, I think it's hope and prayers that he doesn't he doesn't want because uh-huh. he's he's big on a psycho. But. Mm. Um, Look, it's one to watch. Obviously, trials coming up. That's going to be the big decider when we see how the Dolphins uh, line up in these trials. But yeah, I think it's it's an uptick for for Herbie, but definitely a big cross in the corner for uh, Asako. In, in all honesty, though, there might be a few more points to be had um, in goal kicking because I think there's there'll be a better attacking outfit with the cattle that they've got coming in. So yeah, could be an interesting one. Like it could be a bit of swings and roundabouts for um for Asako. Yeah, and I mean, when we talk about Osaka, we're like, look, we think that there'll be slight regression there, but he'll still be a decent super coach player. We're thinking around mm. the 70. That might take a little bit of a hit. Now we might be talking about a high 60, something like that. So the tries will dry up, but obviously Dolphins being a better team, the goal kicking will be there. It's just that, I mean, Herbie, he, he just mm. loves to to step inside and go himself. And we've seen it again and again and again for the Broncos. So and, it and doesn't so- bode well. He's so good at it as well, and that's the that's the big problem is he'll get success and they'll keep doing it. Exactly, exactly. Now, the Lomax on the wing uh, and rotating through fullback with uh, Tyrell Sloan experiment seems to be a real possibility. So Bird yeah. playing center and Lomax starting on the wing and then coming into fullback later in the game. Not Maybe. great for anyone, really. Not great for Lomax. Uh, no. Obviously, Sloane's probably not someone you want to pick up anyway, but if you were thinking of getting him late, don't do that now. Uh, it's it's just a real kick in the fucking gooch for anyone that was looking at Lomax. Yeah, and I mean, Sloane Sloan came into this season, this preseason, with a 53 average from last year. So despite how poor in actual NRL he is, um, like overall, in attack, he's amazing, but it's not all about attack. Um, mm. Yeah, look, I think writing was on the wall for for Matty Fige or Maxi Fige, whichever Fige it was. Um, I think they have to they have to replace him somehow. And um, yeah, I just think it, it might be a bit of a waste unless it's a huge roaming license for Lomax. So yeah, very, very interested to see how it all plays out. Like, mm. it's concern- it's going to give it's. It's going to be the one where it's sort of like, okay, everyone's going to be off Lomax if this is the case throughout the trials and he is rotating from wing into fullback and, and back yeah. again. No one's going to like it, but there will be a, a time in the draft where it, value will present itself because oh, I, I can just see that at some point during the season, they're just going to go, fuck this. Let's just give him the one. He's the fullback. Yeah. Let's go with it. Yeah, and if, and- you've got, if you've gotten Lomax late, you're absolutely oh, rubbing your thumb days. over it. Yeah, and we and yep. we know that he he just averages sixty for fun, so yep. yeah, add add the fullback actual fullback role to to that, plus a little bit of extra goal kicking potentially if they're playing a bit better, mm. and he and he's actually got a bit of a bit more of a sharpshooter foot on him this season, um, definitely something that I'm looking at. But um, 
what, what are your thoughts about Bird? Um, haven't really spoken too much about him. He's still got the the um, Tour F CTW Jewel. Obviously, has a injury history longer than you know what. It's um, look, he's played he's played under and won a grand final with Fano before at Center. So mm. was it at Center or was it at Five Eight? I can't remember. 2016. Sharks. I'm pretty yeah. sure he played. I think he's played both. I think he was yeah, sort of rotating yeah. all through the place. Mm. Yeah, but um, I mean, I don't know. I, I like I like Bird. I like him as a super coach player. He, the way that he plays the game is very conducive to a lot of super coach players. Mm. He just has been really injury prone sort of the last couple of seasons. And yeah. I mean. Less so uh, than when just, he was at the Broncos, but yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's almost – and because he's played so many different positions over the last couple of years, you know, he's centre and then he's – they're rotating him through 5'8", and then all of a sudden he's playing back row. It's like mm. he hasn't really been, you know, cemented in a spot and we haven't really been able to even lock at points last yeah, season. Yeah. So it's like we haven't really been given enough games to look at him playing one given position to be like, okay, this is mm. his position and this is how he's going to perform. I mean, in saying that, when you look over the last four years, he's gone 54, 57, 54, 55. So his super coach points yes. have been really yeah. consistent. So I think you can I think you can bank on like a 55 to 60 average, like somewhere in the high 50s mm. um, and maybe – being a center, there's a little bit more upside there, but I think you just you draft him at what he is, you know, a 55 point player, and, and you just hope that there's some more attacking upside at, at center. Well, yeah, especially more more than likely playing inside Ravalawa. There's going to be a lot mm. of finishing done by Rava, mm. so that that's the side that I'm looking at, and I'm thinking, oh, if he can stay fit for the season, like with all those yeah. knee, the the knee issues, playing center. A bit more of a lateral position than um, than edge back row. That's my big concern. But um, yep. yeah, no, nah, very interesting one. It is, it is for sure. I do want to get some eyeballs on him playing out out there um, with the four on his back uh, for the trials. That'll be that'll be a good watch. I mm, think. Yeah. The uh, last one I want to talk about here is Schuster. Obviously, he has uh, been in the news a little bit of late with some some sort of. Chicken injury, pox. I'm not sure. Chicken pox, was it? Yeah, right. Yeah. But what it has done, his name in the news has sort of sparked up a little bit of a debate about whether he's going to even get that spot on the edge. Ben Trevojevic, by all reports, has been killing it, looking really Tra- good training. training. 100%. Skin folds, the whole bit. He's got <laughs> it in spades. So it just goes to show you that Schuster is just – he's he's no solid pick there. So Undeniable talent, it, but also undeniably um, – you can't bank on him. Who would you who would you rather pick up late? Obviously, we're talking sort of 15th, 16th, 17th pick in your draft. Who would you rather pick up, Ben Trevojevic or Josh Schuster? Just just for that that upside that we know he's got in him, Schuster. Um, but in saying that, more than likely, after draft completes and um, waivers open up, might be one of the first ones out the door. <laughs> Schuster, Schuster out, Trevojevic in. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that move, but yeah, it's um, I don't know. Oh, I just, God. I just feel like um, yeah, Burbo's probably another season away from getting a proper, proper go at it. 
He's been really unlucky with the, the starts that he's had with um, a couple of concussions here and there and an injury uh, here and there as well um, over the last couple of seasons when he's had a go. So mm. very interested to see if he does get the opportunity, um, especially in Vegas, whether he can, um, he can take him to town. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Obviously, they're both vying for that position. That's healthy. That's good. Competition's always good for output, both in mm. real life and super coach. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see who gets the nod there and whether maybe maybe no one does and they just rotate through that. No one plays 80, you know. Yeah. Someone's going to get the lion's share of the minutes. The other comes on and, and rests them, especially Schuster. Like, I can't expect him playing uh, 80 minutes straight off the bat. So no. and that's probably where, you know, Burbo is going to get his chance to shine and, and, and give the coach a, a good look at what he can provide. And honestly, if he can, if he can do all the little things right, he might get the job, honestly. Yeah. I don't think he needs to be fucking fantastic, but if he can get all those little one percenters right, those effort areas, make his tackles, run his lines, do everything like that, and have very little mistakes, he might get. He might be the one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, for sure. And, and having Schuster on the bench for impact or something like that, mm. when the game's on the line. They need something special. Then, mate, you'd be mad not to do it that way. Um, 100%. Look, I, I do think that quality of squad. I think that they're a, they're a, sh- a very sneaky shot for top four. Very dark mm. horse. Um, if if Turbo stays fit, obviously, but um, it's the big one, mate, isn't there's, it? Like they've got a decent forward pack. They've got uh, a lot of options at lock and um, edge back rowers as well. So yeah, I don't. It, and they've got a couple of missing pieces in their back line as well. Which um, it, yeah, I'm interested to see where, what happens with Garrick at um, at center. A lot of moving parts there, a lot of what have yous yeah. up in the air. It's going to be an Brooks, interesting Brooksy, sort of time. Brooksy as well. So, yeah. 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 I'm liking yeah. it. I'm liking it a lot. Right. Before we get into the nitty gritty and we start rubbing down these fullbacks, uh, we had a few people contact us on Patreon just sort of like after a few mocks that they did, posing up questions about the CTW and 2RF um, depth and how we've sort of explained ourselves when we're pretty high on the 2RF spot in those round three, round four, round five. Now, it's not the depth that we're looking at here, people, because the depth for each position, especially when you're looking at CTW and 2RF, the depth for these positions can be quite fluid depending on how your specific draft flows. So there can be a run on one position like CTWs, which means there is going to be more value for a 2RF later on in the draft and vice versa in in certain drafts as well. It just depends on how the fucking draft plays out and what people are big on, right, right, and what position they're targeting. The thing that we like about the 2RF position is, yes, the depth, same as CTW, but it's more that the percentage that the 2RFs uh, command each year in the top 50. Over the last mm. two years, it's been 33% of the top 50 averaging players at the end of the year have been two RFs. So what we're saying is if you're following the uh, the strategy of ga- ga- getting a couple of upside players in your first one, two, maybe three rounds, then you need to be getting a two RF in there at some point before round five. That is just to round out your squad because you know that those two RFs, those high-end two RFs, are going to be in the top 50 averaging players every year. Yes, they don't have the upside, but if you have done the strategy that we're following, which is target high-end players first up, then 
you've done that first. Mm. So in those rounds three, four, five, you know, you get a couple of two RFs that, you know, are going to be that 65, 70 averaging players with a low CV. That's what we're talking about. We're starting to round out your squad now. And don't get me wrong, there's plenty of CTWs that we rate higher than two RFs. So, for example, in round three, if Joey Manu's there and Isaiah Yo's there, I'm going to take Joey Manu. Every day of the But way. all of a sudden, if I've now, if I've gone upside, upside, and I've taken Joey Manu at value in the third round, now I've gone upside, upside, upside. You want you you want your team to be like a super coach player, like a really good super coach player. You want a high floor. You don't want your team to be up and down through the season because of matchups and shit like that. You want a low floor, and the way you bring up your floor in your scoring is to have consistent players. Two RFs do that for you. So just think about that rounding out your squad, especially if you're not a captain's league. That's when these two RFs with low CVs, that's when they really do come into play. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And the other thing the other thing that I like about CTWs when I talk about their depth at the back end of the draft is that every year there's a handful of guys that are picked up round five, six, seven, eight that make it into the top 20, top 30. I mean, Marzu, Asako, DWZ, they all come to mind. You know, where did they get drafted last year? Well, Whereas that doesn't yeah. seem to be that doesn't seem to happen with the two RFs, right? Usually, the guys that are churning out the work and getting good super coach points, they're already getting drafted quite high. But every year, there's surprise packet CTWs that can pick up late. Who is that going to be? Fuck, who knows? You know, you got to do your study. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a few guys that we talked about in the CTW podcast that you know you could reach for. But that's something that I like with the the depth there with CTW as well. But in saying that, I mean. Like we always say, people, be like water. Have your strategy, of course. If it's the strategy that we're putting forth, cool, but be like water. Value is value. Take value, but you need to keep these things in the back of your mind. Like, okay, fuck, I've just taken four upside players because the value presented itself there. there. I'm going to have to start rounding out my squad here a little bit. Because if you go all upside, what happens in the – in the rounds where your your team gets struck with the floor, you yeah. get bad matchups. You're going to get beat. Mm. So I hope that clears it up. That like you know we're not drilling down on like target a two or F in round three and target a two or F in round four. We're saying if you follow this, where you target a few upside players early on, one, two, and three in the first three picks or two or three picks, try and round out your squad with a couple of really good two or Fs, but. Don't do that blindly. Do you know what mm. I mean? If some fucking player slides and the value's there, you have to jump. Yeah, and you Does can cycle, and you can cycle through and stream both of those positions because both of them are reliant on decent matchups. So having exactly a, ha- having the high ceiling players is fucking awesome. But in si- situations where you're up against it with some pretty difficult matchups, having that high base player the base beast there to sub in for one of those higher ceiling guys that may not have the base to work with. It really helps level out your, your scores. And that's another thing with the CTW depth that I like is you have that opportunity and that flexibility with the CTW to pick up guys late that may be only averaging 45, but on a given day with a good matchup in you know good circumstances can get you a 75, 80 point game, right? Hmm. That's seldom with 2RF. You, there are players that can do that, 
but you're not able to pick those guys up late in your draft and be able to stream those players like you can CTWs. So again, the depth there is for CTW is more profitable. You know, when you look at it just black and white, and you go, oh, yeah, well, I'm only picking up 40-point CTWs in the back end of the draft. It's like, yeah, cool, but are you able to stream those those CTWs? Is that CTW that's averaging 40, is he playing on a dominant edge for a good attacking side and who usually just does his job but then comes up against good matchups and scores a couple of tries? Like These are the things that CTWs present you value in the draft. So just a few things to think about there, guys. A few people just, I think... When we talk about strategy, I think people are taking it a little bit too literal. There needs to be fluidity. Like it always comes back to be like water, be like water, be like water. Yeah, you always got to see what's happening. There's always going to be changes in your draft where there will be a run on a certain position. Sometimes it's sometimes you do need to follow follow the the trend and and lock it lock down one of those positions. Other times, it's just going to present value elsewhere. So exactly, keep yep. that on a swivel. That's it. That's it. it. Yeah, exactly. If everyone's jumping all over CTWs early, then fuck me, there's going to be some fantastic value in the 2RF spot. And vice versa, everyone's jumping all over 2RFs, you're going to see some CTW slide and fall on your lap and you're just going to be like, fuck, is this, is this Christmas? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, just, yeah, and every draft is different. If you're drafting, if you're doing a lot of mocks, you'll find that the, if you're drafting with different people, Different people have different tastes. Different people go for different teams. Different people like certain players in their teams. And you'll find that there's value in different positions in every single draft you do. And the beauty about being in a league and playing with the same guys every year is you can play the player, not the game. Mm-hmm. You can work out that's who's going to take. That's one of our favorite trade strategies. It is, yeah. Play the man, play the man, not the game. So you can, you know, you sort of know where these guys are going to target players and stuff like that. It becomes more of a, a mind game, and, and you know, like the strategy really goes to another level. So don't be afraid of some psychological warfare. Fuck yeah! You should, in the chat, you should be just working on it now. <laughs> you should be talking guys that you're high on. You should be fucking rubbishing them in the in the chat. Just yeah, it's a multifaceted game draft you need mm. to need to pull it all together but yeah i just wanted to sort of iron that out because i think people were just like oh it's fucking there was heaps of value two or f it's like yes might not be tomorrow though guys like you just gotta gotta learn roll with the punches fucking bruce lee said it best yeah. all right let's um surely that's on again have we Gone half an hour and haven't even talked about a fullback. I haven't spoken about a single one. Love it. I love <laughs> it. I fucking love it, bro. All right, well, should be then. Let's yeah, uh, yeah, let's, let's get it. into the fullbacks. Coming out of his base six and seven. Top the Wolverhampton has been an eight. Oh, wow. No, no, no. Top the Wolverhampton has been every current cowboy and maybe a couple of former players too. That market. That. Play football. Nice job. Let's get you a rub down. Fuck. Clean up oh, free. Do you remember that game? That was unbelievable, awesome. that run. Yeah, yeah. Hectic. I mean, he is an absolute freak, Tommy. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And Vossi, one of the all-time callers. Yeah, one of the all-time calls as well. Just yep. such a good piece. Yeah. All right, so fullback. Again, yeah. fullbacks could change in the next few weeks, but... It's a big position. We need to get this right. 
Walker, what are we looking for here with the uh, fullbacks? No, I mean, like you're looking for strong base, so a lot of kick returns. So guys who guys are offload and give it to their winger to take the ball up. That sometimes hurts the base production. Um, good in a good attacking team, but also having attacking involvement. Um, so that's line breaks, tries, assists, and yeah, just t- total try involvements and things like that. I mean, good strength of schedule for your final system. Um, they actually play fullback for their team. Like, there's obviously a couple of guys like Ruben Garrick, for instance, that whilst they've got the fullback position in Supercoach, their actual expected statistical position is not fullback. So probably less um, less desirable. And moving to center, probably less desirable again. Mm. Um, in classic, it's obviously the premier position. Um, you've only got two positions to fill. Um, so you've got to be really strategic about how you fill them. Um, look, typically if a player is dual in any position other than fullback, um, you go the other position and lock them down in there. So guys like, um, Ruben Garrick, if you pick him, you put him in center wing, um, Hamiso, you put him in center wing, uh, Jaden Campbell, five, eight, you whack him there. You don't want to be locking down one of the highest points production positions with a player that is, um, that locks away another option so yeah it's unlikely for me to ever go like a a cheapie or anything like that purely at fullback unless Mm. unless they are absolutely on fire um and and scoring hundreds or something like that so yeah it's um it's an interesting position and it's it's what puts lead in my pencil um and yeah like can't wait to go through this this is this is why we save it for last because yeah, you got to eat your vegetables before you can enjoy that steak. And like you were talking about with the jewels there, the same goes for with your draft as well. If you're drafting uh, Garrick, Hammer, uh, if you're drafting Jaden Campbell, any of these guys that are jewel, you draft them in the other position, yep. and you leave and you leave your fullback spot open. Yeah, I mean, there's um, one word of advice though. Um, we had our our draft last season and. I because we do a, a weird system where our second round pick another person picks it for you and then we do a swap because we um, we go linear for the first two rounds. Um, I filled my five eight spot with um, with Dewey, and then I didn't actually I, I didn't think I needed to pick up another five eight for the whole for the whole draft, mm. but I got stung. Very last pick, I had to pick a five eight to round out my side. Um, so, just a word of warning: if you do leave any any position, just know that um, you will have to f- field a full starting thirteen. Yeah, um, yeah. So that that's one thing that I got bent over with. So, even if you're looking to um, to AE a position, you still need to pick up a player in that position for sure. Yeah, yeah trap for young players. Yes, yes. Uh, all yeah. right. So, like you were talking about fullback. Total try involvements. You want your fullback with their fingerprints all over every point that their team scores, right? So I've gone through and I've ranked the fullbacks in accordance to the total try involvements that they had in 2023. Number one, Drinky. He had 2.3 per game. That's Mm. delicious. KP at number two, he had 2.1. Walsh at three had 2.1 as well, which is very impressive for a young uh, fullback like Walsh. 2.7 line breakers involvement. Yeah. Oh, line breaker involvement, sorry. Yes. 
Gutho had two a game. Turbo, 1.9, and the limited games he mm. played. Latrell had 1.9. Kennedy had 1.7, so he's seventh. Ryan Pappenhausen, 1.5, eighth. Brimo had 1.4. He was ninth. And 10th was Teddy at 1.2. So there's your mm-hmm. top 10 fullbacks for total try involvements. That's a good look at the guys that are getting involved for their teams. And that's what you want your fullback doing. You yeah. want them buzzing around the ball at all fucking times, bro. Bit of a surprise. Um, Will Kennedy's up so high. 1.7. Mm. Like it's, um, yeah. you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't pick, well, I wouldn't have picked that. So no. Yeah, Dude, good no, year. he is good. All right, let's get into this top 10, which is hard, bro. This top mm. 10 is, is really difficult. And the more I look at it, the more I stare at it, the more I want to change it. So at the moment, we've got Callum Pong at number one. I don't think that changed. KP is no. the number one fullback in Easily. most books uh, for people that are drafting at the moment. Now, two and three, Turbo Walsh. I don't care how you go about it, whether you want Walsh first, you want Turbo third, I don't care. But I think these two are the next two picks. I personally like Turbo at two just because of his strength of schedule, and I'll talk a lot about that later. Mm. But Walsh, obviously, the Broncos with a buy in the finals as well. It's a little bit of a kick in the dick. But again, you've got Turbo, his longevity versus Walsh's strength of schedule. So it's, I think it's a gut pick here, which, whichever yeah. one you want. Yeah, and it's um look, I, I think if you know if you go into the season draft knowing that Tommy Turbo is fit all season, he's the he's he's probably the first round pick, the first pick. Um but we just don't know. When was the yep. last time he's played over fifteen games? Um Yeah. And it's 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 so funny, isn't it? Because he plays fuck all games and this is this just is a is a testament to how fucking good he actually is. So he plays fuck all games uh, over the last five seasons. Like the most games he's played over the last five seasons is 15 games, yet we still have him in the top three. Yeah. Well, so it, that's how good he is because everyone's like, yeah, but if I pick him and he plays, yeah. then I win. Then well, I no fucking one, win. No one can deny that 2021 season. It's Look, it, it, it might be an outlier and there might have been inflated scores and things like that overall, but fucking dead. It was like – Record breaking, yeah, yeah. Still look, forty points above anyone else. Wild, wild. So, look, so if he can, yeah. if he can have an extended period of injury free, look out. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's why I like him because it's the big gamble. And fuck, if it pays mm-hmm. off, you look like an absolute weapon. Yep. Uh, you got Scotty Drinkwater at four, and look. You might have him a little bit higher, um, but it's the strength of schedule. It's that round 25 buy. It's a real big kick in the dick. So I've got him there at four. Latrell Mitchell at five. Uh, Then we've got... He's a clear five, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. I think so, yeah. There's not too much he could do to move him up, and I don't think there's anyone that's really going to pip his spot. I mean, Mm. yeah, I'm happy with him there at five. Ryan Pappenhausen next at six. Ruben Garrick's an interesting one, depending on whether he's playing wing or center, could move him around this list a little bit. And yeah. then after him, so positions, what, eight, nine, 10, and 11, really. Mm. We've got Gutho, Teddy, Edwards, Hammer, and it, it is quite hard to, to place these guys in rankings. I'm... I'm a little bit higher on Teddy than most, so I would probably take him oh, really? above. Roosters fan on Teddy. That's weird. Yeah, I'd I'd probably take him above 
Gutho, um, Edwards, and Hammer. If I'm, I'm honest, not- I would I would take him ahead of Gutho because we'll, I'll talk about him a little bit later. But yeah, it's um, I I do think that surely if it's if the penny's going to drop and he's going to he's going to have the output that we've seen from him in the past, it'll be this season. Yeah. So you'd say let's put Teddy at eight, Gutho at nine, um, Edwards, and then Hammer. But even even I'm pretty big on Hammer, but mm. yeah, that'll round it out. But look, it's, look it's Hammer, Hammer would need to to lift a lot to get him up towards that top ten, I reckon. Yep, and I'll I, talk about these these rankings with these guys um, when we get into the happy ending because I've gone through and I've worked, I've done a little bit of uh, calculations with the strength of schedule, and that's how I would be approaching these fullbacks. I'd be taking the fullback with the best strength of schedule in your final system. And that would be how I draft my fullback in the, in the first round. Obviously, if you're picking mm. one and two, you're taking Cleary or Hines, that's sweet. But then there's going to be a run on fullbacks. There's going to be six picks back to back to back to back to back to back. And they're all going to be fullbacks. And I'd just be, and if it's you, I'd be taking the next best fullback with the best strength of schedule in your system. Yeah, it's one of those ones where it's it's probably the position where you have to follow the crowd when it, when the run happens. Um, it's going well, to be gonna go. it's going to be in the first three rounds. So yep. if you don't have a if you don't have a fullback in the first three rounds of your draft, may, maybe even um, first two rounds in a um, in a in a deeper league, you're in Barney rubble because you, you're then going to re- have to rely on someone like a Dream Buller as your go to fullback, and it's it's probably not going to end that well. Well, especially these first five guys, KP, Turbo, Walsh, Drinky, Mitchell, they're going to be the next five picks after Cleary and Hines. And then quite possibly, depending on how big people are on Pappy, he might be the next to go. All of a sudden, you've got eight picks and you've got five. We got six of the best fullbacks that have dropped. That's just gonna how that's just gonna how it's run. So yeah, Mm. strength of schedule is big, and I'll talk about that a little bit later in the happy ending. But let's start rubbing these motherfuckers down, bro. Let's get into the elite. Best, best. I got a booner. <laughs> All right. So here in the elite, whoo, fucking sexy. We've got Ponga, Walsh, Drinky, Turbo, Mitchell. Mm. Who do you want to talk about here, bro? I want to talk about all of them. Yes, we um, will. Yeah, and so, we will. So Ponga, um, I'll talk about him in a bit more detail, player in focus a bit later on, mm. the Chub Rub. Chubby Rub. But, but um, he irrespective of draft and, and anything else, he is an absolute must-have in classic um, for round one. Mm-hmm. Season starts, Raiders at home, Cows away, Storm at home, Waz away, Dragons at home. So it's it's a bit up and down, but he's so undervalued. He's so undervalued in um, in classic. So, yeah, I'll, go, I'll touch on that a little bit later. Okay, sweet. Who else do you want to talk about? Uh, Reese Walsh. So yeah, okay. he... Um, oh, my boy, oh, my boy, sexy eyes. So 79.6 average last season, turned up in 32% of games. So nearly yeah, a third sexy. of the time. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. Um, five games were sub 50 though. So you've got to ride out a, a little bit of ups and, ups and downs. So that's where the 42% um, coefficient of variance comes. Uh, but 13 games, that's 68% over 65 points. So that's that's captaincy material um, right there. And Look, the floor is concerning, um, and he, just like Drinky, though, he needs to put a lot of work in to get those points, um, mm. so that's a lot of attacking output. Doesn't 
his um his average isn't padded out like Ponga's with the goal kicking. So that's where he has to put a lot more work into it. And yeah, there's a lot of um a lot of attacking stats that go into these scores, obviously. Um, yeah, he is an interesting one. I, the one thing I like about Walshy is the 25 assists. Yes. So that's second mm-hmm. among fullbacks just behind Drinky. He had 27. So, and I think that's just scratching the surface, honestly. And the look, way that's, he that's plays. Two less, two less games in Drinky as well. Yeah, I honestly think that Reese Walsh could get up around that 30, 31 assists mm. for the year. So. Oh, yeah. And, and possibly scoring more himself. So Yeah, exactly. Because um, he only scored eight tries, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So his um his um support play has come up a lot, um even from when he was at the Wires. So I think this season he'll come in as even a better force. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited. Look, he, in classic though, he's not one that I'm looking at. Um, he's obviously got that Roosters game in Vegas. Then the bunnies at home, Panthers away, cows at home, and then into the storm. So it's not one that I'm. He's he's definitely not on my radar in classic, but in draft, hell yes. Yeah, I'm not even. Yeah. I'm not even that. I'm not even that that concerned about the round twenty four buy, um, just because the strength of schedule over the over that period is still fifth best, taking into account that buy. So red hot. Red yeah, you got hot. a big decision to make if you are pick three. That's for mm. sure. Mm. Big decision. Yeah, scary actually. Really scary. Oh, you got uh, um, to go balls deep and go go Tommy Turbs. Yeah, I think so. Well, let's let's talk about Tommy Turbo here, right? Mm. So, eighty-two average, BP forty, one point nine try involvement game. It's all very sexy, right? Played eighteen games over the last two seasons. Only yep. eighteen. Yeah. So he has an average of 72 over those two seasons. He scored over 104 times, which all happened in 2023, actually, because 2022 was fucked for Turbo. It yeah. wasn't a good year for him. And again, all it is, is you know that he's going to score over 80. He's going to average over 80, right? It's just how many games is he going to play in the 2024 season? Because as no. we always like to say, we like players that are going to play 16 games or more. That's yep. that makes that makes the draft pick worth it. If you're playing over 16 games, you're happy with that. Anything less than that, you're like fuck. And especially if the games that he misses are in the finals. Yeah, and that's the that's the big thing. You don't want him like um, like we saw with Latrell last season. You don't want him missing in that crucial period. No. But the thing about Turbo is he has an elite strength of schedule for the round 25 and round 26 grand final final series. Mm. More specifically, the 23 to 26 series, he has the best strength of schedule for fullbacks and merely have the fourth best team strength of schedule. Then he plays, so over those four games, he plays the Raiders, who he averages 93 against, the Warriors, who he averages 93 against, Tigers, who he averages 75 against, and the Dogs, who he averages 101 against. So there's a 91 average against teams he is playing in the system. Yep. I'm I'm all about this pick. Erection. Erection. Also, to add on to that, he plays the Dogs in that grand final who conceded the most points to fullbacks last year. 82 points to fullbacks over the whole entire season, which is just fucking mental. Mm. That's why I have him at number two for um, fullbacks, and that's why I probably have him what pick four overall? Yeah, look, I I can't push back too much on any of it because I'm a I'm a big turbo believer. It's for me, it's all about the the just the injury risk overall. Yeah, um, yep. 
that was there was a cup there was a bit of chat on one of the group chats before about um turbo pulling a hemi i don't know if this is just blowing smoke or whatever but oh the boys don't work on the chats i know i know i looked at it and i was like oh i mean someone's blowing smoke but still it's um it makes you think twice (laughs) yeah i mean if i really wanted to cause some fucking drama i could put up a turbo injury post on on instagram and just watch people just (laughs) you would too well, that's 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 just, just that's just sitting back wanting and watching to watch the, the world burn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh no, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. But yeah, no, no I'm big on him. Look, yeah, yeah. And the thing is, he is that one guy. He is that one guy where the risk is is definitely worth it because mm-hmm. if it does work out, honestly, he is that good with that strength of schedule specifically. Like you look at that strength of schedule, if he's playing in your finals. You are going to be hard to beat, brother. Well, it's it's the best strength of schedule positionally for any fullback um, yep. through that finals period. So, yep. so it's it's Imagine a no rolling into the grand final with Turbo as your captain playing the dogs. I'd I'd be booking in the time of the engravers for the chart. I'd be one chirpy motherfucker that week. Chirp, 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 chirp. <laughs> Oh, and, be- you, and, and you can imagine how chirpy is normally. So fuck. Yeah, no oh, baby. Oh god. All right. Who yeah. else do you want to talk about here, mate? Um. Ah. Oh, well, we might as well talk about Drinky. Um, yeah. Had yep. had such a such a good spell towards the um towards the back end of the season. Pretty much after you lost him in that bet, and um. Yeah, much. That, I Pretty think much. that that eighty three average that he's priced at is is significantly unders. Um, obviously, that I think it was what was it the first game or something like that. He scored a four. He scored. He had a one point game. Yep. You yeah. Take that out. He has an eighty seven average. Yeah. So look, already there, it's four points of value, and yep. look, I just feel like he's probably. I don't know if there's much growth that he can achieve. Um, because he did so much in that team last season, and without adding goal kicking or anything like that, I mean, have a bit if um, if um, uh, Holmes gets injured, he's the next man up. So, fuck, mm. imagine that. I know, I yeah. know, it'd be too much for me to handle. To be honest, <laughs> honestly, like the only thing for me that is a cross is that round twenty five buy. It's just yeah. so so awkwardly placed in the in the finals it 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 impacts every single final system yeah um, especially if you are the 25 26 which really does hamper his draft stock right but if you look at him like you said it it was a it was a season of two halves with from round one to 12 he averaged 61 that's because he had that one point game in there Mm, from rounds 13 to 27 he averaged 100 six out of the 12 games were above 100. Four of those yeah. over 120. He was unbelievable. Yeah. He was just pumping teams. And look, if you want to dive in a little bit deeper, you can look at the round 27 game where he scored yeah, 29. 29. Yeah. That was against the Panthers at Penrith. Yeah. No so one that was a fucking tough him. game. No one scores well there against the Panthers. So mm. if you want to take that out, then his season average is 90. Yeah, and look. To be honest, you're almost you're almost willing to do that. Hundred mm. so, percent. Because so look, we've we've got him pegged at a at an eighty eight average for the season. But at the end of the day, you've got to weigh 
that round 25 by pretty high, in yep. my opinion. Yeah, it's too much for me. Like, we yeah. are round 26 GF, and it's too much for me because you know you're going to have to take drinky pick four. And I'd, 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 almost, I'd almost be drafting Latrell ahead of him. It's that, it's it's that much of an impact for um for our draft. Hundred percent. It's yeah. It's fine. And, and, it's, it's, and if, you've really got a, if you've got a round twenty five grand final, then yeah, it's it's blood in the water. Um, but that's actually a really good. That's a really good um uh, discussion point here, Drinky or Latrell, because you have you have Latrell playing Panthers in round twenty six. When was the last time uh, you saw Latrell this happy preseason? Yeah, it is vibes pick. It's all about vibe at the moment. It's it's it smells so much of SJ start of last season, the preseason. Mate, you know that. how yeah, was, you know how I was happy just thinking that. you know how happy mm. SJ was looking in the preseason. He was bouncing around, smiles everywhere. He was just like having having a dig, and I'm seeing the same sort of vibes from Latrell. I'm, like, the more I talk about it, the more I'm I'm hundred percent putting him ahead of Drinky, almost even. Without the um, the strength of schedule as a, as a chat, like I do think that Latrell's in for a massive season. The only thing, the only thing that always drives me away from him is his durability or his um, condition, his, his fitness. His, well, not even his fitness. It's his it's his mental attitude. Sometimes, like he'll get mm. he'll either get suspended or he'll get injured. One of the two will happen. So if he can if he can do away with that, I mean, last season played sixteen games. Season before, it would, it would have been somewhere towards about 18 games. I mean, yep. I'll, I'll just bring up the numbers. But, yeah, he, that's the biggest the biggest detraction for um, for Latrell. And you owned him a couple of seasons ago, and he was he was just bouncing out 90s for fun. Um, yeah, he is fun point. to own. Mm-hmm. He's very – well, let's, let's get into Latrell, right? So 77 average last year. BP 36, 1.9 total try involvements a game. Last three years, he's got 82, 85, 77. So last year, a little bit of a down year there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can safely say that he is going to be an 80-point averaging fullback at least, right? Mm-hmm. Last two years, yep, yep. he's only played a total of 30 games. So what was that? He went 14 in 2022 oh. and then 16 games in 2023. So 30 oh, games, which isn't a lot. Last four years, 14 games, 17 games, six, um, 14 games again, and 16 games. So, yeah, it's not great, is the it? The last time he, he, he played over 22 games was back in 2019. Um, so, look, it, it is something you've got to go in eyes wide open with. Um, you may not have him when you need him, um, and that's – Kind of what happened to most uh, a lot of people last year when obviously they would have had their buy in. Um, uh, he had the buy in round twenty six when most of our um, grand finals were, but round twenty seven he just wasn't there. When, and in a game that we thought that he would be there and pumped for, so yeah, yeah. It's, um, the other thing that I looked at with the trail, which kind of kind of surprised me as well, he had six games over a hundred in two seasons which is a little bit lower than I expected. Mm, I thought yeah. his ceiling was going to be a little bit higher than that. His 60-60 is 73% over those two seasons, so that's great. Like He's he's relatively a, a safe-ish captain, but for someone that I'm picking at pick five, pick six, God, I want more hundreds. And yeah. I guess that's that's the difference between Drinky and Latrell from last season. Drinky had hundreds falling out of his asshole. Yeah, well, hundreds uh, plus, like yeah, hundreds just, plus, and that's the thing that I think 
Drinky's got over the top of him in spades is the ceiling. Um, yeah, like Latrell, Drinky, what he twenty nine percent of his games were over a hundred, and Latrell was seventeen percent. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, though, you're getting a goal kick and fullback in a in a mm. very very attacking team that's that's having the preseason of his life potentially. Mm. I'm, I'm, it's, I'm starting, it's, I'm starting it's, to drink the Kool Aid, but it's. I just can't look away from from those total games in previous seasons. It's. It is. It is a bit scary, from my perspective. It is fucking close for me between yeah. Latrell and Drinky because I'm looking at that buy in round 25. I'm also looking at Panthers in round 26 for Latrell, and I'm thinking mm, yeah. they're almost they're almost very similar. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. A buy a buy and playing the Panthers, it's almost it's almost on par. <laughs> So another another, hard, another, man. another thing to add a little bit of curry to that conversation, like Latrell kicked like a busted arsehole in goal kicking last year, 72.6% um, um, like in his goal kicking. Yeah, he's like, better he's, than that. He's, he's, he's an 82% kicker. Way better than that. So he's only, yep. he's only actually locking down 10.8 uh, points per game in goals. Ooh, we can add so four on there. There's you, your 80 yeah. plus. That's, that's, that's getting you 80 points right there. But yep. You hit the nail on the head with the um the Panthers Panthers game. It's it might be a task a bit too hard. And at that That's point, a, it's another that, gut pick, isn't it? It's yeah. another gut pick. It's like okay, you get pick five, and you got you get to pick between Drinky and Latrell. Just go with the guy that you like to watch a bit more. Yeah, and Do you like look, the Cowboys. Do you like the Bunnies. Yeah, fuck. I mean, look, we we say we say a lot about all oh, um, playing the Panthers. It's not good. Last season, he scored 102 against them. I did, so, I did see that. I yeah, did see that. So it's yeah. not something to, where you can just go, oh, no, nah, just put a line through him. He, he, he is pretty much matchup proof. It's just what Latrell are you going to get this season? I will and, say this, though. Playing Panthers in round eight is different than playing Panthers in round 26. When they're trying, trying for a, a When they're absolutely humming. <laughs> But yeah, just just a hard hard pick, man. And that's yeah. and like I said earlier, it'll come down to strength of schedule. And I've done the maths. We'll talk about that soon. But it's going to be very interesting. Yeah. All right, let's keep pushing through, baby. What do we got next? We got the guns. Let's get into them. Guns. Lots of guns. Mr. Bergen, do you have a massive erection? I have an erection. That is correct. <laughs> that is correct. So we've got Garrick, Gutho, Brimo, Pappenhausen, Edwards, Hammer, Teddy, CNK, Kennedy. Lots of sexy names to talk about here. I'm going to kick it off here and I'm going to talk about James Tedesco. I'm going to leave Ryan Pat- Pappenhausen alone because I've got him in my chub rub. Yeah, fair I'll talk about. I'll talk about Teddy here. Uh, so average 69. Nice. <sighs> nice. Uh, actually, I thought this the other day. How many players have we gone through that had an average of sixty nine last so, year? So fucking many. So I'm gonna do. Many. I'm gonna do a list. I'm gonna do a list of sixty nine. Actually, and I'm gonna send it through to Roasty, and that's how. That's who he should make his classic team. Just out of t- players oh, that average sixty nine. Look, um, Dylan Edwards is another one. Fuck, unbelievable, crazy. Yep. We, how many times have we said nice this this <laughs> preseason? It's lost all its shine. Okay, so forty-one BP, which is kind of low for him, actually. Like it's yeah. it's good amongst his peers, but a little bit low for him. One point two total try involvements a game. That's low as well. You can sort of break it up into two parts for the season of twenty twenty three as well. Round one to eleven, he averaged fifty. 
fuck gross. Mm. Mounts 12 to 2070, average 74. So a little bit more like the Teddy of old mm. in the back end of the season. And what I've put this down to, and like it's not fucking rocket science, but he is just really tightly tied to how the Roosters are performing and how many points they're scoring, right? So in 2022, he averaged 79. He had three games over 100. His base power was 48. So it was seven points on top of what he scored with his BP in 2023. He had 13 tries, 16 assists. Roosters won 15 games and they scored 635 points for the season. So not a fantastic season, but Mm. pretty good. But yeah. in 2023, they fell off a cliff here. So he had four games over 100, tries 11, so he went down by two there, assists 12, so he went down by four there. The Roosters only won 13 games, and they fucking scored a measly 472 points. So they scored almost 200 points less in the season. And, I mean, that's obviously going to hurt one of your best players and their attacking output, Right. So all I'm saying is he's got a 69 average. If you think the Roosters are going to do any better in 2024, then you have to believe that Teddy will increase his average. I don't think there's a world where the Roosters play better in 24 than they did in 23 and Teddy doesn't improve his average. The Roosters would have to play worse in 24 than they did in 23 for Teddy to go worse. Yeah. I think that it would there would need to be a few injuries for that to occur. Yep. It's big time. So I think honestly, I think sixty nine, I think people are, are pushing him. They're pushing him Teddy's past through, it, blah blah blah. Through round two. That some people are pushing him into round three. Honestly, I think he's value I think he's still value in round two. I think he's going to be a seventy to seventy five point averaging player. The Roosters are going to be a better team. Um, I'll just have a look at what his strength of schedule is like. They do have a buy in round 23, but the rest of it looks fucking peachy as hell. Yeah. Dolphins, Parramatta, Titans, Raiders, Bunnies, if you go to 27. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, if you back yourself and you're a 26 grand final, have the week off, buy doesn't mean anything anyway. Then you've got Parramatta, who leak points everywhere, Titans, who leak points everywhere, and the Raiders in your grand final. I mean, pretty fucking good. Yeah, at home too, at allowance. So, no, it's, it's an interesting one. I have to admit, I'm starting to get sold on him a little bit. I'm, I'm liking the idea, but look, in classic, he's not one that I'm looking at. Um, obviously, that that Vegas game, I just think that it's going to be low scoring. And um, yeah, having the having the Panthers and Bunnies in there as well, it's it's going to be too tough a run. But look, that that final schedule is very tasty for drafts. So yeah, he's um he's definitely going to be one that I'll, I'll be looking at around that turn into into round two to three. And look, we've just been doing the um the draft chart. We've had him in round three. We might bring him up around round two. What do you reckon? I, th- I think so, mate. And the thing why I think we should put him at the round of two and three is because if I am the Heinz owner or the Cleary owner and there's Teddy sitting there in my next pick, whoa, mm. I'm doing that, bro. I'm yeah. doing that. I'm doing that. Like, it, yeah. What, you're going into the 2024 se- season with 
Nathan Cleary and James Tedesco. Well, and probably one of the first seasons where he hasn't been a, a round one pick. <laughs> yeah, I just think, yeah, I I don't think he gets past those two picks. Like, mm. you're taking Teddy above Gutho. You're taking above Edwards. Um, the only player I wouldn't take him above is Pappy. But, yeah, he's above all the other ones. Yeah. There's a lot there's of questions. Tier two guys. Yeah. I mean, like we'll talk about Pappy a bit later, but there's a lot of question marks around Pappy and what, what Pappy we're going to get. I've, like, got some, I've got some interesting stats on Pappy. It's going to be a good chat, bro. Yeah. Good chat. Real All right. good chat. All right. All right, man. What do you got here in the guns? Um, we'll, we'll touch briefly on Ruben Garrett because we did talk about him in CTWs. Um, look, rumors of the center switch, I think it's almost a certainty that it's going to happen. Uh, I think there's talk of Jackson Paulo going onto the wing. Um, I do like him for a, a very late stash. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, vision of him training with Saab on the right side. Um, is concerning, mm-hmm. <laughs> very concerning. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, look, he's. I think we've we've got him in round three, and if it's absolutely certain that he's um, playing on the right center, round four, easy. Yep. Um, it's just a it's a real tough one. Um, you couldn't be starting with him in any any league, any um classic league either. So. Yeah, he's a tough one. And we talked about this with the CTW. It, you just need to get eyeballs on him in the trials and, and get that confirmation of where he's actually playing. Yeah. I'll tell you what, let's talk about AJ Brimson. All right. Now, he is going to get CTW fullback duel eventually. Yeah. So that's something to think about. Potentially but, potentially before round one because you know how they yeah, do okay. a little bit of fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. dark yeah, arts cool. before the start of the season. So. Yeah, for sure. Keep your eye on um, He's actually one of my big busts for 2024. I'm not keen on AJ Brimson mm. at all. Uh, he averaged 58 in 2023, BP30, total triumph 1.4. Um, it's like a bit of a season where it's like, yeah, whatever. Um, in 2022, he had a ceiling of 139. Yum. That's good. He, he scored over 100 twice. That's okay. not, not, not yum. Scored over 86 times. Yeah, we want mm. that. In 2023, ceiling of 94, uh-oh, That's scored over 100, funny. he didn't, and he scored over 80 twice. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Ooh. So over the past two seasons, that's 36 games in total, playing fullback or 5'8", where he has the ball in his hands more than he will at centre. He averaged 61, he scored above 100 twice, and scored above 88 times. My question to you is, how does he improve these numbers at centre? Look, uh, and and obviously moving to centre and most likely the right side where they don't attack that much through. Um, yeah, I, I'm not a fan of it to be honest. It's yeah, even if he gets that roaming role that everyone's talking about, like they're just not that that type of a team. And no. I just don't think Desi will give him that much of a license. I just think there's there's this sort of myth about AJ Brimson that he's just this crazy ceiling player that pumps out these huge super coach points. And when you dive into the stats, it just isn't true. He's, he's, and, an, he's an exciting player. He's not, yeah, a, I think high, he's not a high ceiling get player. Lost. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we see him breaking the line and streaking down the, the field and scoring these big 80 meter, 90 meter tries. That must mean he's a great super coach player. Look, you know, well, he's not. He's not a great super coach player. He's an okay super coach player. Mm, but yeah. the, the big red flag for me is he's playing in these positions, five, eight and fullback where he's got the hands on his ball, the ball on his hands, hands on the ball, ball hand, ball hand, 
Fucking hell. Have you had a uh-oh. stroke? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Malfunction. Malfunction. <laughs> and then, so he's move, moving Fuck to center where he's going to be screaming for the ball. And it's like, honestly, the dude could add average 55. Oh, mate. No, uh, in all honesty, at center, in right center of all places, he could average 50. Um, mm. Yeah, so I'm not I'm – not, I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid on, on AJ. I do want to see some trials um, before I absolutely put a line through him. Um, but, yeah, I think I, – I do think that he's probably pushing outside of this gun range, if I'm honest. Yeah, I agree. And I he's agree. Not, he's, he's definitely not one you start on in classic with that second round buy. No, no. Um, um, Dylan Edwards, consistency, more of the same. We don't really have to cover him. Yep. Hammer, we covered him at CTW. You're drafting Big him at CTW fan. anyway. Even with the round um, three by, I'm, I'm looking he, at him. Yep, he is tasty. Uh, who else you got here, bro? Clint Gutherson, mate. Gutho Talk has to, to be spoken about. So average 79. So that is fucking unreal. Um, yep. But there were significant portions of the season where either Brown – or Moses, or both, were missing. In games where either Brown or, or Moses were missing, he averaged 94.4. Ooh, that's he, fucking interesting. The average drops off to 67.2 in games where both Moses and Brown played. So you've got to be drafting him off that average, not that inflated 79. Mm. Is, adding to this, the strength of schedule, as we've noted, before for the eels is absolutely rubbish yeah it's pus so it's not it's not one that we can um we can really look at so you got him going from panthers into roosters into broncos and then if you make it that far he's got a tasty tasty one against the dragons at home but outside of that Mm. it is against four jeez that's a good stat bro three of the top um three of the top defensive sides for Supercoach points before that. So it's like a drop of 25 points in average when both Moses and Brown are playing in the side. Compared to when either of them are missing. So, yeah. And look, it's a drop of 13 points on his season average from last year. So it is significant. And a Mm. lot of people, and I've seen in some mocks that I've gone on, people are getting him first round. Like end of first, back end of Ugh. first round into the early second, and I'm like, whoa, what is this shit? Ugh. So, like, you've got to look at the stats, guys, and and just have a think about, okay, when was he when was he scoring all these points? Oh, that's right, it was when fucking Brown was playing touchy feely. So you've got to mm. you've got to be thinking about these these sort of picks because he's a fucking terrible pick for classic, but for draft even worse. Yeah, right. I um, love that stat. I'll be, I'll be fucking, I'll be drafting up a nice little graphic for that one on socials, mate. Mm. That is good work from you. Great work. There we go. Um, All right, let's move on to Will Kennedy, bro. A guy that's, yeah, a guy that's really presented a lot of value over the last couple of seasons. To be honest, sixty-five <laughs> average last year, thirty-one BP total tribe involvements, one point seven. Played uh, one game with six minutes and got zero points. You take mm-hmm. that out to 69 average. Nice. Very nice. <laughs> Another 69 for the list, um, which was the same issue in 2022, right? With the uh, those two yeah. games where he, yeah. he finished with minus points, uh, negative points in, in a couple of those games. Yeah, yeah. So in the past two seasons, ignoring that minus two point game, he averaged 67. So nothing to scoff at. I mean, it does present eight points in value. Not a great ceiling, 
But no. he did no. he did score over ninety five times. Yeah, like he's a he, he's a really good option for say round four, round five. Like he's he's definitely a great option. I reckon he's definitely one that I'd be I'd be looking at. I think the the Sharkies have an early buy. Uh, I think it's round like four or five. So he's probably not one for for classic. But yeah, strength th- strength of schedule for the um for that that period is not that bad. So yeah, definitely yeah, one. The, the finals run is a little bit up and down. You mm-hmm. got the. The Bunnies in 22, the Titans in 23, not bad. 24 is the Knights, then the Dragons, then Warriors, then Manly. But the Sharks have shown that they can put points on just about anyone. And like we've seen when we're going through the stats of Will Kennedy, he's got his fingerprints on a lot of the points that are being scored for the Sharks. So, yeah. Yeah, like you said, like a round four, you, you know, in the pick sort of 35 plus somewhere around there, that's a nice pick. If you miss out on some of these big guys and you end up getting Will Kennedy, look, it's not ideal, but he is going to average 65. You can almost bet your dick on it. Mm-hmm. And um, he's going to have those games that, yeah, he's going to score in the 90s. That's sort of where his ceiling pips out. Yeah. Look, uh, you go you go through his average um, averages over the last few not averages his scores over the last few years. He's only picked the ton a few times, so it's not yep. he's not one that you're expecting to have your captaincy option and all that sort of stuff. He's one, yeah, he's definitely just one to to feed into decent decent scores with not a terrible floor. I mean, he hit a couple of twenty twenties last season, but outside of that, I think his lowest score was forty five. So it's um. He's definitely one I'm looking at quite closely if things go to shit with the run on fullbacks. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's talk about Charles Nickel Clockstad. Mm. So he had a couple of games in his uh, season that were either injury affected or HIA. You know, in round two, he only played 53 minutes, scored 13 points. In uh, round 23, he played 17 minutes only scored 15 points you know you take those yeah, out yeah. you've got a you got a 70 point well 70 plus point average for the season yep. which is great that's obviously value straight up there mm. the thing that i worry about with cnk one the concussion risk yep. also with rts bring brought back into this side does that combo with him and sj wilter a little bit because as we saw yeah. with, when we did the stats for the stacks it was CNK and SJ who were the better super coach stack when most people thought it was SJ and DWZ. Yeah. So with SJ having RTS in the side, fuck, there's a lot of um, fucking triple barrel names in this, in this team. Jesus yeah. Christ. Uh, yeah, with RTS in the team, does you know some of those balls become face balls? Yeah. And does that hurt CNK's average? It is a concern for me. Yeah, and look, I, I do feel like RTS is going to be given a bit of a Roman license as well, which will detract from some of the attacking spells that um, CNK would have. So it's another bit of a line line through him. You mentioned it before about the head knocks. It's something that we'll talk about with um, with Brian um, and our physio because, yeah, it's a significant concern. Um, he was out for a, a few games last season. He's, he's had an injury history as well with knee injuries and things like that. So... Look, we'll we'll rub that out with um with Brian, but yeah, it's um I, I just feel like there's too much risk involved with that pick for um what his average is. 
despite um, those couple of games that you take out of his average and getting him to 70. And it's like that right edge was so fucking dominant. Do you know what I mean? Like how mm. often do you see an edge like that continue its dominance into the next season after everyone's done all the video on them, the how thing. they play? So They're going to change up how they attack. They're, they're probably still – they're almost certainly going to still attack that edge. It's just how they do it is going to change slightly. Yep. It might it might not come through CNK as much as through RTS. Mm. And look, yeah, it's the, going to be interesting in the in the attacking in the attacking raids. You might actually see RTS running the show at the back. And yeah, it might be, it's it might be CNK playing a little bit of center. It's one of those Which things where it's know. like I wouldn't be surprised if CNK averages seventy, and I wouldn't be surprised if he averages sixty. Yeah, I just no, don't sure. know. I just don't know what's going to happen there. So, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, I'm fucking picks three through seven and I get one of these fucking big dick fullbacks and I don't have to worry <laughs> yeah, exactly. about it. <laughs> exactly. Um, look, if, you, if you're in the round 27 grand final, you, you just put a line through him immediately because he's um, in your first five picks, you, you don't really want any of the, yeah. um, these players in your um, in your side. Yep. Yeah, for sure. In that buy, yeah. Mm. Can't, can't be yep. done. Can't be done. All right, let's keep it moving, bro. Let's get into the sweet spot. Oh, my God. Oh, fuck. Oh, my God. Fuck, yeah. Okay, so look, if you're you're looking for a fullback at this point in your draft. You've done something wrong. Unlucky. You've done something wrong, I feel for you. This is sort of, you know, picks 31 through to 70, rounds four plus, 55 average from this, guys. Um We've got Jareem Buller in here, Cola, Nick Meany, Jaden Campbell, which is a big one, Xavier mm. Savage. Uh, anyone you want to talk about here first? Uh, I think we'll both want to talk about the Jareem Buller. Mm, I'm yeah. a big fan. Yeah. He left a, he left a, a nice taste in my mouth uh, after the 2023 season being in my yeah. side. But I mean, it was, it was a nice little step down from Drinky. Considering what you got from drinking beforehand, I thought it was a step up the first round I got him. Though. <laughs> it was, it was. Look, having the mentoring role with GI is look, it's got to mean it's something. Going to mean a lot. Um, yep. I do think he's he's the type of player who will come out <sighs> to excel in a couple of sports is is something special. And look, I I honestly think he's he's the real deal. Um, a lot of people talking second second year syndrome and all that sort of stuff, mate. He's he's all about it. I reckon. Yeah, he is one of those rare players that ha- is just all raw talent and ability. And then having like a cooler, older head like Inglis, mm, just yeah. teaching him the the intricacies of the game, which is going to be huge for Buller. Obviously, the Tigers will continue to be a better and better team as they go. Like it's yet to be seen what fucking firing all the front office is going to do with this team. You'd think it'd have a positive effect. So that's another tick in his, in his box as well. Um, he did have a couple of big scores in there. Um, honestly, I think he could average 60 to 65. Yeah. And I think you'll get value for him because he's so young and that he did sort of drift off towards the end of the 2023 season. Mm-hmm. He started so high, like he came out, busted out two or three really big scores and then just coasted and were putting together 40s and 50s, which sort of hurt his average, which ultimately ended with a 57. And I think that's going to present value um, at the later points of the draft, mm. but buy in round 26. So no bueno yeah. unless you play the round 27 GF, but even or, then. Or 25. 
25, you're talking big time. Yeah, then it's better. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 100%. Um, Yeah, and even then, so like even if you've got the strength of schedule for round 22 to 25, he has the 10th best strength of schedule fullbacks and ninth best for the Tigers as a Mm. team. So not great anyway, but we're talking value here. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be someone that's going to reach for him a little bit here. Uh, but I think I think at the back end of the draft here, you've got uh, most of the fullbacks going to be taken. Most team, unless you've got a deep league where it's like 14, 16 um, man league. Like if you're running with a ten or twelve man league, most of the most of the teams are going to have fullbacks in their side, right? Yeah, yeah. So, and this is the this is the case, right? If you're if you've missed the fullback boat. You need to keep a close eye on the other teams because you might be like, oh, hang on, fuck. All 11 fucking other teams have got a fullback. I just coast. Mm. I'm, looking at dream, I'm looking at Dream Bull late, you know, picking yeah, up late. Yeah, especially because he's only fullback. He's not fullback dual. Exactly. Um, he, he's not one that a lot of people would be looking at to have as their backup option or as like someone to stream in. So yeah, like I don't, I don't, I don't hate the play. The, the one thing I'm, I'm looking at is scores from last season. There are a lot of forties in there and 40 in sub forties as well. So it's, it is something that comes with an element of risk. You'd have to expect him to get a bit more of involvement, a bit more possession as well for the Tigers um, this season. You'd hope. Um, but Look, I don't, I don't trust the cattle that they brought in. Um, I, I do think that Caesar, Sullivan, I think, look, they they could have gone better in the market for a half. Um, so I, I think it's going to be a little bit of a challenge and a bit too much on Appy's shoulders to carry the team. And I think it'll, mm. it'll show with um, with similar scores to what we saw last season with Buller. The one good thing about the mentoring role with um, with GI is like the ability to shut out the head noise. And I think that's something that um, that GI's wisdom and his experience would be able to put on to dream. So He also seems like the player that he just doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't <laughs> give a fuck about the big stage. Yeah, yeah. He's just, he's out there having fun, playing footy. Yeah. So, and I, I will say this from um, experience as well. Like he is a fun guy to have in your side to mm, watch. Yeah. So, um, yeah, interesting. See where he goes, especially if you've missed that boat. Like, obviously, you're going to need a fullback, and he might be your best option. Mm. Um, Xavier Savage, if he gets the call up for the Raiders, could be interesting. Yeah, we'll say obviously. Though, so I'm not, I'm, I'm not buying into it. <laughs> I will buy into it if he's got the one on his back for if sure. If he's got the one on his back, yeah, I'm interested. I'm having a conversation, but look, I, I think there's what there's about four different guys we're talking about at that position, and potentially. It could all go up in smoke when fucking um, Sebastian Chris comes back from in, from suspension. That's the big one for so me. So you could you could you could see him training in trials and, and playing the playing the trials at fullback, and Sebastian Chris comes back from suspension in the fullback spot, and then you're like, well, oh right, so I'm just drafted a guy in round like eight Savage or nine. Savage is a perfect punt on your bench. He's oh, for CTW sure. fullback, Jewel. If the cards fall your way and he does get that fullback position and he keeps it, yeah. I mean, in 2022, when he had the one on his back, he averaged 60, had a BP of 35, had five tries and eight assists in 12 games. Yeah. The kid can play. We all know that. We I all know that. that. Yeah. So just keep that in mind. If this cunt slips, 
He's the type of he's the perfect type of guy that I like to have a punt on my bench. Yeah, I, I, I think because the upside's there. I think round round fourteen, fifteen, you got to be looking at him and guys like him um, to bring yep. him. I think any earlier, you, you're setting yourself up for a bit of disaster because I don't think you have to reach that far um, unless there is absolute certainty that he has nailed down that number one position. I'm not looking at him above round fourteen. Yep, and that's like one, sure. 130 odd in your um in your draft put, uh, pick. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Well, we talked about Kenicola in the CTW. Same with Meany. We're not big on either of no, them, no. so we won't talk about them here. Let's get into the bargain. Oh, and also Jaden Campbell. Well, Sorry. that's the way bargain basement works. <laughs> I'm very aroused. Yeah, Jaden Campbell as well. We talked about him at the five eight spot. Yep, yep. It's bit, like we said at the start of the fullback um, podcast. Anyone that has a jewel next to them, correct. Draft them in at the other position. So yep. Jaden Campbell has five eight. You need to be drafting him at five eight. On those, um, yeah. Bargain basement. Seb Chris, Rapina, fucking Blake Taff, Avrillo if he's in the side. Sloan. I mean, it's very, very. And honestly, let's lump in the Hail Mary picks here as well here because they're all fucking Hail Marys here. There, there just isn't enough depth here to be talking about bargain basement and Hail Marys. There's just not enough talent. Mm, I'll yeah. kick it off with Blake Taff. Now, in a lot of team lists, we've got Blake Taff playing fullback for the Dogs. If you look at 80 minutes uh, in games at fullback over the past two seasons, actually, let's go back even further. Let's go back three seasons in 80-minute games at fullback. He has averaged 49 um, in 16 games. So you go, okay, 49, hmm. say 50 average. Okay, sweet. That's not too bad. Hang on. He had the goal kicking. In 2022, he had nine points a game. In 2023, he had 14 points a game. Take that out. He has an average of 41 which is closer to what he's going to be doing at the dogs because he's not going to have the goal kicking there either. Oh, so yeah. All of a sudden, but all, you've but got also, a guy. But also, he was playing for the frigging, um, one of the most attacking teams in the league. <laughs> exactly. Now you're playing for the dogs. I mean, honestly, it's, it's Blake Taft's a trap. He's mm. a fucking trap. I don't Huge. want nothing to trap do with city. it. Yep. Yeah, you, you, you're going to be you're going to be running with a floor of about 25 to 30. And look, it's just not going to be good, man. Not going nope. good. Nope. So put a line through him. Yep. Anyone else you want to put a line through here in the bargain basement slash Hail Mary? I mean, like we were talking a little bit earlier about um, Herbie potentially moving on to the right edge um, for the Dolphins. That's going to impact Jake Averillo. Like I thought he yeah. was going to be a nice little sneaky pick um, yeah. in CCW. But yeah, it's um, like he's dual, obviously, and that's why I'm bringing him up. But yeah, it's, um, it's a real tough one. Um, another one that we're looking at was... Just talking about Jake Everill, I actually did the stats on him. So he played 16 games at centre mm-hmm. um, and averaged 43. He had three three assists and seven tries in those 16 games. So he's the talent's there. Yeah, He could be a nice little late pickup, but just watch those trials. He's a special type of player, but yeah, he's just got to be in that right position because yep. look, he might catch a cold out on that left edge. Um, that's the only yep. problem. Um, yep. So there's a couple of guys that will rattle off, um, like Cody Nicarima. We spoke about him. Like, unlikely that he'll get a starting spot. He's just going to have that the perfect guy for that utility role. So not really yep. looking too hard at him. Jordan Rapiner. Very, very tough one to kind of nail down where we see him um, in the um, in the draft. He's going to be – if you can get him for value, I think he's, he's not a bad option. 
but I do think he's a bit overinflated um, because I'm just bringing up his stats now. He's um, He had that really big game. I think it was against the Storm. No, it was against the Doggies. 160 points 60, against yeah. the, um, the Doggies. So playing fullback. You, you take that out, playing fullback. He played fullback for the last five games of the season. So you take those those scores out. Drops down to a fifty odd average, uh, fifty yep. sorry, fifty average. So, yep. you're drafting him off that. That's what we've got him pegged at. And look, CTW fullback Jewel probably in his last season at the at the Raiders before he moves over to the UK. Look, I'm, I'll be, I wouldn't hate the pick if I got him say as my last CTW, but definitely not one you'd, you'd consider in your fullback spot. Nah, nah. Um, the other one that's interesting, and we just sort of mentioned him earlier, was Seb Chris. Obviously, going mm. to miss a few first few games of the season. I think it's just the one, just they, the one, because they've 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 allowed him to take um, some of the international games as the suspension. I think. Yeah, right. And look, he ended up with a forty-six average, but he also had a few games where he didn't play the full eighty minutes. You mm. know, he had a, a sixty-minute game in there, a twenty-five-minute game, like a few just little outliers there. So probably bumps up to around that fifty average after you take those out. But the thing is, I think regardless, he comes into this starting side, he's going to play left center, or he's going to be fullback. So. There could be value mm. here if people forget about him because yeah, he's yeah. not playing round one. Yep. And then all of a sudden you've got a guy that, you know, is going to come straight into the, to this uh, Raiders outfit who played fucking pretty well last year. Like he was handy. And for someone that, you know, he you're probably going to pick on your me. bench. Yeah, 100%. So there could be value to be had there with Chris um, late, 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 late. Very late. Post, yep. post, round, post round 15, um, 13, And again, 14. CTW fullback, Jewel, Jules. There's, we've got fuck all of them. It's going to afford your flexibility in your side. It's always good. It's never a bad thing having Jules in your side. All right. Speaking of Jules and considering me. Nofo is out of the team, so mm-hmm. you'd almost assume that Charlie Staines gets a spot on one of the wings. Oh, um, shit Staines, eh? Probably, probably partnering um, Junior Tupo. Mm-hmm. What do we think, Charlie Stanley? No. Jewel. I'm not. I, look, I'm not. I'm not overly keen on it myself. I just thought I'd raise it. Oh God, no. <laughs> yeah, no. Fair. Uh, I don't know. I, it's. It's. Yeah. Look, it didn't. It didn't go that bad in 80 minute games last year. I mean, just look, playing coming for the off, coming off, a, coming off a forty-two average and didn't play didn't play eighty-minute games for the full nine games that he played. So I'm looking at some improvement for him, but yeah, it's it's hard to it's hard to talk up the bottom end of this list, isn't it? No, I mean it's not a bad sort of throw at the stumps. Tomorrow, tomorrow, Martin is another one. Yeah, like that, another we know, one. We know that they, he's got a lot of talent and he did some really good things. Ko Weeks is another one that um, look. I, I think he's going to be overdrafted. Um, a lot of chatter about him in classic, and whenever there's chatter in classic, we know that that has draft implications. So, yeah, um, he's he's going to be one that's going to be drafted early and way too early. Um, coming off a 26 average from last season, even in games where he was playing um, 80 minutes, he just doesn't have the um, the progression of scores to to warrant picking him up. 
Yeah, I've had enough of this category. Let's uh, let's fucking get out of here. <laughs> Disgusting. Let's uh, let's get into the uh, the happy ending. You want happy ending? I got to Let me break it down for you so you understand. I'll hold your hand like a small child. Oh, oh fuck! Oh my god! Fuck yeah! Okay, so here in the happy ending, this is where we start talking draft strategy for the fullback position. Walker, what's your thoughts here? How are you approaching the fullback position in your draft? Mate, it, it, look, they're the Ferraris. You got to prioritize to lock them now. You got to lock one down in your first three picks. If you got haven't got one in your first two picks, your next pick has to be a fullback. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it, it's as simple as that because they are. It's the quality of stock that goes down so significantly in those after those first three rounds. It's yeah. So look, I mean, you've you've probably got a tagline for it, I guess. I do, mate, and I thought about this long and hard because I wanted to come up with a good quote did, for this. Did it, and when did it I hurt did, your head? and when I did, I was like, I I can't put it any more perfectly than this, right? Fullbacks and draft are like costumes at a piss up, a themed piss up. You want to be turning up to the theme piss up with a good fucking costume, right? If you're the fucking moron that's got the shit costume, you're gonna feel like a right idiot. You're going to feel like shit watching all your mates rip it up with awesome get-ups and you're not going to enjoy yourself. You'll be sitting there with your fucking bed sheet on with two holes ripped out of it, sitting in the corner and just going, I wish I had it done better. I wish I had to put more prep into this. I wish I had to put more thought into this. So think of it that way. You don't want to be the cunt that's not enjoying the party because the rest of us are going to have sick costumes, a.k.a sick fullbacks, we're going to be ripping up the dance floor and enjoying this party that is draft. Ripping in the turn. You, you guys can write that down and use it if you want at the pub. That's fine. Fucking <laughs> oh my <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> All right, let's uh let's get into boom bus sleep. I think he's a bus. Sneaky sneaky, sir. Who's your boom here? Fullback bro. Fullback boom. Oh, you're going to talk about him later, so I'll go another one. I'll go turbo. Yeah, I agree. I, 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 I like just, it. I, I, look, if he stays on the field, he's going to be I, – I reckon if he stays on the field, he'll be the number one point scorer. Yep. Yep, I'm big on him. Um, I My boom, I like turbo as well. I like little Pappy, but I'll talk about him later. But I've gone yep. the hammer. I think that 59 points uh, average, I know you're probably going to draft him in your CTW spot, but if it's worked out that you had to pick him at your fullback spot, I still think there's a good six to seven points in value there. So I mm. think that's a big boom. I think he, he handles his 2023 average with ease. Yeah, he's definitely not the player that we thought he was at the um, at the cows. Yep, 100%. All right, busts, bro. What do you got? <laughs> Mate, there's a, there's a long list. How There's many? Just give me list. Okay, <laughs> Nick Meany, Kenicola, and Gutho. Yeah, I like that Gutho call. Those stats yeah. for Gutho were very eye-opening. Mm, yep. Yeah, they'll be plastered all over our socials. Really <laughs> good work from you. Really good work. But I've gone Brimo. Simple. Oh yeah, that center. I just got no time for it. Don't want anything to do with it. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, sleeper, who you got? Uh, Jaden Campbell. I mean, there's there's a lot of chatter around at the moment, so probably not the most sleep, not the most sleepy sleeper. But um, yeah, I, I do think that he's got a, a lot of progression in his score that we'll see. Um, I think there's at least like six points on his average from last year that um, that yeah we'll see on the field. 
Well, that's it. And we we just did the calculations in the five eight study. It was like when you look at games that he played eighty minutes at fullback, he has a ten point bump in average from forty five up to fifty five. Mm. So that yeah. value there, that just screams sleeper. Yep. Just everyone needs to stop talking about him. Yep. Exactly. That's the last time we'll talk talk about him. <laughs> uh, uh, I've gone. I actually might forget to put him in the um the draft chart for that. <laughs> yeah. Just leave him out, bro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I've gone Teddy. I think uh, a lot of people are pushing him way too far mm, down the draft list. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the Roosters will be a better team in twenty twenty four, which means I think Teddy will be a better super coach player. I'm pipping him at around that sort of seventy three average, and I think if you pick him up around that turn of Round two, round three, we're talking picks sort of 19 through to 24. I think that's great value. Mm, no, nah, for sure. And look, I, I, I'm i enough of a believer in Teddy that, um, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to go with that. Funny thing is, like, who would have thought, like, a couple of seasons ago that we'd be talking about Teddy as a sleeper? Fuck, what a wild world. I know. I know, man. I know. And, like, the thing is, obviously, he's had a bit of a drop-off, but I'm going to give him one more year of grace and if he falls falls again, then it's finally time mm-hmm. to pin on him. Yeah. But the caliber of player he is and how good he has been for Supercoach, we've got to put some respect in his name. So, yeah, yeah. come on, Teddy. Get in there, son. Get it done, brother. Go on, my son. All right. Let's uh, get in there, guys. No, no fucking no, way. No, 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 no. I'm not working with this guy. I've been there, done that. Who's your no fucking way? It's Look, it's Cody Nicarima. Only because he's not going to get that starting spot up. It's unlikely. If he does, I'm interested, but yeah, it'll have to be off waivers. Yep, fair. There's no way I'm looking at him. Tyrell Sloan is the one for me. Obviously, it sounds like he is going to be playing fullback or starting fullback, but then rotating mm-hmm. to a fullback. He's not good enough to be a good super coach player when he plays 80 minutes of fullback. He's definitely not going to be one if he's playing half the game at fullback and half the game at wing. No, thank you. No bueno. Yeah, I think it, uh, it's only going to be a period of time until he just gets shunted out of the team. And to be honest, I think at a part of a season in Rezies, he's probably going to do him a bit of good because he needs to develop some parts of his game. So yeah, look, still, I, yeah. it's, not, it's, not, it's not the end of the world. And look, if he works on his communication in the back line and, and obviously organizer defenses and things like that, that's where he needs to improve his game, not in the attack. Like he's got that down pat. He's looking good. He's got good um, backup play and things like that. It's just, yeah defensively those little things mm. little things in the game is struggling little, with. little things are the big things though 100 percent, 100 percent. all right let's uh let's really stroke these members let's get into the chub rub you to see these player evaluations what's wrong with cal i think he's a bust i mean the guy has hammies that could literally pull a car all right i'm gonna go first i'm gonna do ryan pappenhausen Ooh. Yeah, yeah. The more that I talk about Ryan Pappenhausen, the more that I read about him, the more excited I get, which is usually the case with Chubb Rubs. The more that I do the study, I get, I go, okay, I'm really starting to get into these players, right? So we know what he's capable of, Ryan Pappenhausen. We know that he can put on hundreds against pretty much anyone. Uh Average 45 last year, BP 26, 1.5 total trying involvements a game. First game back, he played 18 minutes. Second game back, he played 78 minutes. 
at fullback and scored 78 points. So it didn't take him long to fucking start hitting some high gears there. In 2022, he averaged 102 in 80-minute games, scoring above 105 times in 12 games. It's impressive, baby. Mm. Even if you deduct 15 points from that due to injury concerns and return to performance, it's still an 87 average, right? So if he dips by 15 points, he's still almost a 90-point average. When you look at his strength of schedule, you know, uh, in the round 25 uh, GF series, it's it's 14th best for fullbacks, 5th best for team. Round 26 grand final, it's 12th best for fullbacks, 6th best for the Storm team. And round 27, 11th best for fullbacks, 8th best for Storm. So Storm have a really good strength of schedule. He doesn't have the best for fullback, but he doesn't have the worst either. Mm. So not the greatest strength of uh, strength of schedule with Panthers, Bunnies, Broncos mixed in there. And the, probably the best one is round 22 to 25 because you get the Dragons and Finns in there. Dragons leaked the 6th most Points to fullbacks uh, last year, Finns the third most. But if Pappy's humming, it no, may not matter. Doesn't, doesn't matter. It may not fucking matter. He has turned up against 11 out of the 16 teams that he's played. Obviously, he hasn't played Finns yet, but 11 out of the 16 teams, he's put 100 points plus on them. Now, what the interesting thing with Pappy is, and this may force people to take him a little bit earlier than they want. Um, if you go through the draft, as we have it sort of placed in the ranks that we have, Cleary goes first, Hines second. Then you have a run of elite fullbacks, KP, Walsh, Turbo, Drinky, Latrell, and then you probably pick up Brown around pick eight. Maybe it goes for feeder, Grant, Munster, To'o, Mazu. So if no one picks Ryan Pappenhausen in those picks between eight and 13, then you return to everyone that has a fullback. Now you've got the Latrell owner. He's not going to take Pappenhausen. The Drinky owner, he ain't going to take Pappenhausen. Turbo, Walsh, KP, they're not going to take Pappenhausen. All of a sudden you get back to the Heinz or Cleary owner, and now you're looking at the Heinz or Cleary owner who could possibly pick up Ryan Pappenhausen, which could almost fuck your entire league. Hmm. So... This is a worry. This is a big worry because if Pappy gets back to 80% of what he we know he can do, then if you've got Heinz and a Ryan Pappenhausen, how do you get beat? So it's almost like someone's going to have to take the plunge for the league at some point. So, yeah, I, I, I just don't like feeling or knowing that if no one takes Pappy between picks 8 and 14, there's a huge chance that the Hines or Cleary owner can get him. Now, the play might be that you go uh, Harry Grant into Ryan Pappy and go that stack. We've talked about that stack. Um, I said earlier in one of the preseason pods that in 2022, Grant averaged 87 in games when he played with Pappy. So that's nice for Grant. And as a combined stack, they got an average of 169 points a game. So the Grant Pappy stack. So that might be a nice play. If you want to pick up Pappy and, and make sure the Heinz clear owner doesn't get him, you're also going to get Grant. Who Both of them play really well together. But, of course, it comes with risk. Big but risk. I think on this podcast, we don't give a fuck. We've already got Turbo fucking real high. We've already got KP really high. Why don't we fucking put Pappy up there? 
because we because these guys are it's, worth the risk. They, they're comp winners. Worth the risk. They're comp winners. That's yep. it's plain hundred percent comp winners. Yep. So yeah. if you give a comp winner to a guy that's already got a comp winner, yeah. What the fuck? So it's think about that, guys. Think about that, guys. Like as the, as your draft is going, and you're watching Pappy slip, and you're like, "Oh no," because I tell I, oh, bro, I'm telling you fucking now. If I'm the Cleary owner and Ryan Pappenhausen is there in my second pick, see ya. Yeah, he's in. Yeah, he's come on there. in, come on down, Pappy. Put that red and black on. You're a bro now. You're an Eskimo bro. We're about to take this league by storm, son. Poor guy, oh, break, break, break a fucking leg. Oh, I'm going to have to pause the draft, rub one out, take 20, 22 seconds. <laughs> not even. <laughs> oh, not, not even. I, I found that really interesting. I was like, fuck, there's a real mm. possibility that can happen. So yeah. that's worrisome. No, nah, definitely. No, nah, it's um, it's something to keep an eye on for um, in a lot of drafts, really. You don't want to be allowing the st- st- sort of stacks to be happening. So, <sighs> yeah. Like I'm, he, I'm more, he's almost like a fallen gun, isn't he? Yeah, the more I, the more I talk about him and the risks of that sort of happening and stuff like that, the more I talk about him, I'm I'm comfortable to take him now between picks eight and fourteen. Eight, like if you can eight, yeah. Well, the turn, the, those are the turn picks, right? So eight oh, to right, ten, right, 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 right. Eight to ten in a ten man league, you so, consider so turn as high picks. as fourteen. You're saying. And then ten to twelve in a twelve man league. I don't. I didn't know how to fucking explain all these things to you. I thought you were onto it, but ten to twelve in a twelve man league. They're the they're the turn picks, right? Yes. Well, <laughs> who have you got, pal? Uh, I've got I've got KP. Look, everyone's everyone's rubbing one out over all KP. Everyone's everyone's dick. sucking the dick. He's obviously <laughs> he had a cracker of a season. He he scored eighty seven point four average. Picked up the Daily M just to cap off an absolute fucking epic year. Um, he only goal kicked, though, upon his return to fullback. And look, he even even at that 87, he's still hugely undervalued. Um, you, get, you take into account coming into this season, that left edge is going to be possibly even better with, obviously, Hastings. Um, he missed a, couple, a few games last season. You got Best and the Beast. But you're going to also have Frizzell moving across there as well. So mm. very, very tasty combinations to be had there. Um, and I think, look, I've, I've said I'm a big fan of Best this season and I do think that we'll see really good things from from him and that combo. But, yeah, looking more closely at um, at KP when he actually played fullback, um, average 105.7 when he was playing at fullback. Obviously, goal kicked in all of those games. The big... The big fucking stat for me is he only scored one game below 77 when playing fullback. And it was 48 against Penrith mm. in Penrith. Mm. So, look, I mean, you can you can talk all you want about the, the head knock issues and all that sort of stuff. But if you're if you're if you can potentially get a player that would have averaged 105.7 last season finished off the season and played through the finals. Fuck. Like it's, it's definitely something that I'm, I'm looking at and look, chances are he goes even higher. Like there's, there's a, there's a world where we haven't even seen the tippity top of what he can do. And when you, when you take into account Hastings missed some games last season, best wasn't, um, is still coming up to his, the tippity top of his career. 
Frizzell moves across to that edge. So there's going to be some really good line running going on from those two. And then who better is a finisher? Like Beast is an apps like Marju is yep. one of the tippity tops. So look, I think the I think sky's the limit for for this this absolute fucking monster of a player. Like he he bats way above his average. And I'm just bringing up the goal kicking analysis. And look, he he was only kicking at at a 76.9 from last season. I think he can possibly do a little bit better. And look, I, I think there's a lot more points to be had in this night side. Like, I, there's a lot to like about what they've got got offer. They've got a decent forward pack. They've got some really good attacking halves. And look, I mean, the spine overall, when you add in the options that they've got at hooker, now with Crossland going well last season, Braley coming back from injury, like, I think the Knights are in for another top eight spot. And I think there's got a lot mm. of points to be had through the, through Ponga. And I, I feel like that if you're if you're if you're drafting him, like there's an argument, albeit a very soft one, but an argument that he's number two mm. rather than number number three overall. Mate, any more? I mean, any more tippity tops out of you, and we oh, might get a pimple on your tongue, old son. Oh, mate, I, I was I was rubbing out some tippity tops. I'll give you the opposite. It's um, no, mate, I, five games over 120. Five games over 120. Scored above 90 points in 75% of his games at fullback. Yeah. And then let's look at the strength of schedule because it even it gets even better, right? Yes. So round 22, got the Panthers. Okay. But after that, Tigers, Sharks, Bunnies, Titans in round 26. If you've got a grand final there. Mm. You've got a, a grand final round 27, you play the Finns. Yeah. It's – it's. thank you for coming. Um, um because like you play you play the Tigers in round twenty three. If you're high enough in your um in your rankings, you probably have the week off in um twenty four against the Sharks anyway. Ponga, Ponga's already got you there. Yeah, He's exactly. given you a week off. Exactly. Put the feet up. Just relax. Oh fuck. Get stuck yeah. In. No. Yeah, he's, 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 a type, he's a clear three. He's yep. the type of player that goes when he goes large, he goes bloody large. So yep. yeah, I'm all about him. All right. I promised you guys that I would rank these fullbacks, well, these big dick fullbacks, um, in looking at their strength of schedule for each final system, right? And what I've done is I've compared their fullback strength of schedule with their team strength of schedule because I think you need to look at both because you need, obviously, you need their fullback coming up against teams that are conceding points to that position, but you also need your team scoring points and beating that opposition. So I think it's good to look at them both. If we have a look at the round 22 to 25 final system, Pappy's number one. Uh, he's got the Finns in the grand final. They're conceding the third most to fullbacks in 2023. Number two is Latrell. Got Newcastle uh, for his grand final in round 25. Walsh, number three. They've got the Parramatta Eels in round 25. Turbo, four. Uh, they've got the Tigers in their grand final, conceding the second most of fullbacks in 23. KP is number five. They've got the Bunnies in their grand final. And Drinky, obviously, number six because he has the bye in round 25. So, again, your final system for round 22 to 25, it goes Pappy, Latrell, Walsh, Turbo, KP, and then Drinky. So, like I said, mm-hmm. if you're approaching fullbacks and your pick's three all the way through to eight, if you're in the middle there somewhere, I'd just be taking the – the um, fullback with the best strength of schedule. 
Nice. Um, then for our uh, strength of schedule, so round 23 to 26, Turbo, number one, baby, and mm. by fucking lengths of the straight. So he's got the Bulldogs in the grand final there in round 26, leaked the most points to fullbacks in 2023. Reese Walsh is number two. He plays the Finns in the grand final. They leaked the third most fullbacks in 2023. KP's uh, third. He plays the Gold Coast in his grand final. Pappy is number four, plays the Cows. Uh, Latrell's number five. He plays the Panthers. So that's obviously a bit of a kick in the dick. And then Drinky is number six. So. If you are 23 to 26, your grand finals are around 26. It's Turbo, number one, then Walsh, KP, Pappy, Latrell, and Drinky last. Now, the last system here, around 24 to 27, Turbo, number one again. Plays the Sharks in his grand final, but remember, he's playing the Doggies in the prelim. Number two is KP. He's got the Finns in his grand final, like the third most to fullbacks in 2023. Number three is Drinky. Finally, Drinky makes a, a play for this top three here. He's got the Bulldogs. Obviously, they leak the most points to fullbacks in 2023. Walsh is number four. They've got Melbourne in their grand final. Pappy, number five, got Broncos. Number six, Latrell got the Roosters in their grand final. So if you are playing a round 27 grand final, it goes Turbo, KP, Drinky, Walsh, Pappy, and then Latrell. So that's how I'd be approaching these fullbacks because all of them are, are fantastic. All of them are as sexy as fuck. And that's why I'm so big on Turbo because he's so high um, in the strength of schedule for our finals run. So mm. I might put these up on social because they are very interesting for the fullback position. So... Strength of schedule is fucking everything when you're using a big pick like that. Yeah. It's everything. Because you want them humming when you need them the most. 100%. And we'll be revisiting on Patreon the strength of schedule as we go through the season because obviously teams have changed how, how they're mm-hmm. both attack and defend. So, yeah, keep it keep your finger on the pulse on Patreon because, yeah, we'll be, um, we'll be uploading doing – doing our usual flip and fetch and all that sort of jazz. Um, it's always updating, yeah. always moving, always growing. It's an ever-evolving beast, isn't she? Hondos, exactly. All right, mate, we've got some questions. Should we get into it? Yeah, I think we've got a fucking long list Excuse of questions. Me. So, I'd like to <laughs> ask you a few questions. You want answers? You know the question. Are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? I'm Ron Burgundy. Hit me, son. All right. So, Hados asked us, uh, where do we rate Trell this season? I'm always getting burnt by my draft fullback, Teddy last year and Turbo the year before. What do I do? I think we settled on it. Pick five. Yeah. Like, we've we've, we've talked around the world and we've talked ourselves into him ahead of um, Drinky just because of that round 25 buy. So, yeah, that's where we stand. All right, so uh, Con has asked us uh, if you are taking an injury-prone fullback like Turbo or Papi, obviously you want some backup. So which fullback CTW jewels do you think will be available to get at value? We all love Garrick, but he'll go early. And if and look, to be honest, if he doesn't go early, he's um, he's possibly playing center. So not loving that. He doesn't mind yep. cooler, um, especially for Turbo because. Look, we know that Cooler played fullback um, in a few games last season that he actually scored well in. And if Turbo's injured, he'll be a, a nice switcheroo there. But he's um, 
Hammer's <laughs> the one for me, bro. Yeah. He'd be the first guy I'd be targeting. Yeah, so I'm I got him pretty early in a, um, a mock last night, and look, it's the more I think about it, the better option he is. Um, Meany's going to be way over overdrafted uh, just based on last season's average. Avarillo might not get a start um, on that right edge, so not, not looking at him. Cooler's over, overestimated because of those two games at fullback. It's, yeah, if you've, if you've got either of those two, you want to be backing it up with um, Hammer for yeah, sure. I think so. And the thing is, if it all works out, because we're big believers in Hammer for 2024 anyway. Like you're done well regardless. You know whether mm-hmm. you have to use him as your fullback or if you keep him in your CTW, like you've done well because yeah. we think you know, it's about six points of value in him anyway. Yeah, for sure. All right. So Tommy's asked us if you pick up Ponga or Turbo, what is the earliest you'd consider picking up a backup fullback? If someone like Gutho or Edwards is available round four, would you consider? Hundred percent. If either of those are available in round four, I'd be looking yeah, looking value. closely at them. The one thing is like getting a a fullback only eligible player to as a bench option in case Iguponga or Turbo doesn't um, remain uninjured. You're losing a lot of value, a lot of value yes. for a player that's going to be unless you're playing a flex position. It's it's not something I'd be looking at. Yes, that early because what what will happen is if Turbo, say you pick Turbo and then you picked Gutho, uh, now Gutho, uh, Turbo's humming, doing really well mm-hmm. as he does when he's fit, and you start going, okay, well I need to help my team in other areas because I fucking picked another fullback in round four. So you'll start shopping Gutho around and now cunts in your league and are going to look at you with turbo humming and they're going to go, you know what? No. This is this is what I'll give you for Gutho and it'll be fucking low-balled and all the value will fucking fall out of the ass of Gutho and you'll be like, mm, this isn't great and you won't want to do that and you'll just hold on to him and it'll just be a wasted pick. So think about that if you're just going a standard fullback as a backup because that there's a real chance that like if it all works out well for you and, and Turbo plays the whole season, that Gutho is just completely useless unless you AE him. And and look, Gutho has the worst strength of schedule for rounds 23 to 26 for fullbacks. So I just don't see him as a, a viable option to replace either Ponga or, or Turbo. I'd be looking at someone like a yeah, like an Edwards or Hammer again. Hammer, and I think honestly, in round four, if it was up to either taking Hammer or um, taking a fullback only, oh, I think I'd Hammer, reach for Hammer. You go Hammer all day, like yep. yeah, yeah. You um, have an Edwards in round four. He's slid a bit, and he's to good value. But you can actually use Hammer even yep. if Turbo Turbo's fit for the rest of the yes. season. So. That's yes. a big one for me. All right, yep. Davo has asked us, how much does Drinky's round 25 buy hurt in where we take him in the draft? Does it put him behind your turbo trail Brown? Uh, yes. Oh, I don't think it puts yeah. him behind Brown just because Probably of how Brown. terrible his strength of schedule is, yep. but definitely behind um, turbo and trail. In my, yeah, in my 100%. opinion. 100%. And it's just it's just because you're, you're spending such a high draft capital on a player that won't be there for your prelim or your grand final. Mm-hmm. And that is really going to fucking suck ass when you get there. Yeah. For um for a round 27 grand final, I can almost Not live with bad. it a little bit, but it's still yep. it's still tough. You're losing your, your, your number one 
um, draft picks. So, yeah, it's a, yep. it's a real tough one. All right. Uh, Strong Courageous Cats has asked us, two RFs round three, four, five. Halfback is a must in the top two rounds. Um, do you think the need for fullback in round one to two is a must or are there other mid-range guys enough to hold down the fourth? I God, if I if I get out of round two and I don't have a fullback, I'd be worried. I don't want that to happen. Well, I think I think the the, the key runs on fullback will obviously be round one and round three, and yep. and after that the quality drops significantly. So for yep. mine, it, it's got to be round three that you're targeting them. So that means that your two two RFs have got to be at least either round two or round four. Yep, peppering in there. Yeah, I agree. Prepping in there some higher value CCWs as well. Yep. But always go for value. Always go for value. Um, so Nikki Boys has asked us, how high are we taking Campbell if he wins the number one jersey with that tasty, tasty jewel? And look, can't be undersold how important that jewel is as well. Like that factors in quite heavily into our um, our thought process for sure. I'm, I'm looking at him, drafting him in 5-8 uh, spot, Round six, so in the fifties. Yeah, um, yeah, big fifty plus. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, all right. So Dave, Dave has asked us um, any fullbacks you take in round three to four that you expect to be around. So, um, so you don't get the two spine players um, you aim for in rounds one and two because you used an early pick on someone like Fafita. So yeah. So Edwards will be there. Yep. Um. Oh man, Teddy might. Who knows? Like, Teddy, obviously, I, he's. I think, I think. I honestly think that Teddy will slide in a lot of leagues. Um, he's the first one you take, obviously. Yeah, I think. Look, there's there are there are some leagues where Pappy might might slide as well because I know people are re- very risk averse with him. Um, but as we spoke about before, he's an absolute comp winner, so he's mm-hmm. one that I'll be looking at. Um, Gutho is a miss for me. Um, I, I think we might even push him into round four, to be honest. Um, it's almost like it's almost like the start of round four is probably you'll get more value for a fullback than yeah. you would in round three. Do you know what I mean? Like, because round four you might have still to... have C and K, Will, Will Kennedy, mm, guys yeah, like that. Yeah. Dylan Edwards might slip there. Have um, the hammer will be there. Do you know what I mean? Maybe yeah, there's yeah. more value in targeting a fullback in round four and trying to get an, another upside player around three that'll give you more bang for your buck. Yeah. I mean, alternatively you could go for a hammer or someone like that to, to give you a bit of um, a bit of flexibility. If you, if it doesn't fall, th- if it does fall through with Will Kennedy or, or mm. CK in, in round five. So mm. yeah, that's definitely an option as well. Um, Big Max, like the hamburger has asked us, um, Pappy, what round? Round two. Round round two, yep. I reckon mid mid to late round two is probably um, where we'd value him higher if we knew that he was going to be the Pappy that we know. Um, yeah, well, what are your thoughts, mate? Yeah, and it's it just comes back to that sort of league play that you might have to do because I guess you, no one's taking him mid-round two because that's going to be all the guys that have a fullback already. Mm. So it's either going to be early round two or it's going to be late round two. And if it's late round two, it's going to be the Cleary or Hines that, uh, owner that gets him. Yeah. Uh, NH has asked us, is KP a genuine first pick ahead of Cleary and Hines? Now, I, I love this question because 
I was asking myself the same question when I was running through some of the stats from last year for KP. And if you take out the head knocks as a, as an issue, yes, hundred percent. Yeah, he is for sure. Is. Um, I don't mind. I don't mind the player. Like if you if you believe, fuck do it, mm, man. Like yeah. if you want to make a big balls play. I don't mind it at all. Like there's every chance that he averages more than Hines and Cleary in twenty twenty four. So. I think if they, yeah, I think okay. I think if they all stay fit all season, I think KP is probably a better chance to um, better chance to go higher than higher than both of them. To be fair, and we saw we saw that with the numbers that we spat out before when he was playing fullback, average one hundred and five point seven. So that's yeah. a, that's ahead of both Cleary and Hines already. So yeah, definitely a genuine first pick option. It's just that that injury risk that we've got on him with his head knocks. We were talking last season, like he, there, were, there were words like retirement, medical retirement thrown out, and one more like significant head knock, and those conversations coming back. So mm. yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not 100 sold on it, but I love the question because it does. I was thinking in the same vein as well. Back your gut, baby. Back 100%. your gut. Um, Semi has asked us if you take puppy, how far do you reach to get Falongo as a handcuff option? I don't think anyone's looking at I, I don't Falongo. Think, I, don't, I don't think you have to reach for him at all. I think you I could think you honestly, just get him on your you, bench. You could honestly get him pick seventeen, because yep. no one's no one's going to be looking at him um, no. unless you're in a keeper league or a dynasty league. No one's looking at him. Yeah. So and the only, the only reason situation. someone would take him is to fuck you. So. Yeah. And usually people are too worried about their own team to be fucking wasting picks trying to blackball you on a guy that may not, may not even play rugby league. So, yeah, and, and, it's, and, and if they do that, it's taking up one of their positions in their team. Yeah. And yeah. more than likely, Falongo is going to end up on waivers anyway. So yeah. just pick him up then. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy, what the fuck are we doing with Teddy? Um, so we've answered, answered this one. Late round, late round two, early round three. I think that's where he lands, and I think, yeah, probably rightly so. He's gonna, he's gonna- don't be as, don't be worried as, as as people are about him. I think it'll be okay. And honestly, there's a chance that he doesn't even play State of Origin, so you might get a few more games out of him as yeah. well. Oh, I don't, I don't know where the match is going to go that wild, but yeah, I mean, if if Puppy's firing, maybe or if, mm. if Tur- how blessed is New South Wales oh, with fullback Got a options? Few fullbacks. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. both, both, both do. Like, um, yeah, like Ponger and Buddy Walshy. Jeez. Um, yeah. So Anthony has asked us: Our league is running in the flex player this year. This year, I'm thinking of the the flex would be a perfect for a fullback. Um, and I think we've spoken Correct. about this a little bit. So, um, what would be a suitable? Um, what would be suitable to pick up in the second fullback, assuming the elite fullback um, is picked up in rounds one to two? Ryan Pappenhausen is the perfect flex. Yeah, no, it's um, if you get if you get one of the elite five guys, you know, Turbo Walsh, Drinky, uh, Latrell, Ponga, then in your second pick, if you can get Pappy and you can have um, one of those elite guys at the start and pick one and fucking partner out with Ryan Pappenhausen, holy fuck! Yeah, I, I I have to I have to admit that I'd take a little bit of caution to that because you. <laughs> You're adding in a bit of um, bit of injury risk twofold there because you obviously got the head knock issues with Ponga. You've got every sort of injury under the sun with the Turbo. I'm a and gambler, then, baby. Look, and that's the thing. Like with 
the high ceiling that you've got out of those players, you're double, doubling down on, on the risk, but you're also doubling down on the reward. So 100%. That's, that's the one thing to take out of it. So yeah, it's um, the, one, the one word of caution I'll say about this flex position is if you go too early on getting that second elite fullback, you're opening yourself up to um, some scrambling for other positions um, that lack depth. Yeah, you'll probably miss the the big run on halfbacks. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's what it is. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. There's going to be teams that are going to be running two halfbacks uh, in their flex. Yep. So you just got to, you know, for me, I just always put the upside. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it may not work out, but if it does, you're going to be very hard to beat. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Dave has asked the second one. He's gone, um, where does Teddy, CNK, Kennedy, and Edwards go? Yeah, we've pretty much covered Teddy. Uh, CNK, look, probably he probably slips into the fourth round for me, so picks 30-plus. I, I think I think, I, I think round, yeah, round five. Yeah, that's yep. value. Fuck, that's value. Shit, if he gets the five, take him at five for sure. That's well, picks 40-plus. 40-plus, yeah. Um, yep. Kennedy, I think, around the same. Around the same, yep. Yeah, I'd probably – I don't know who I'd take first. I'd probably take – I'd probably take Chance first over Will Kennedy, but they're around the same. Yeah, I think the one thing to take into account with um, CNK, if you've got a, um, if you've got a round 25 or 26 27. grand final, round 27 buy means he only has two buys through the season. So you have to navigate. Yeah. So that's, that's, a, that's a real plus. Yeah, they also play dogs in round 25 who are the worst against fullbacks. Yeah, love that. Love that. Um, and yeah, Ed- Edwards, he's round three special uh, for sure. Yeah. Um, Johnny Mack has asked us, can Blake Taff 60 points per game at one? Question mark. I think it was a 56 last season at, at fullback. Um, but let's not forget, Goal kicking is included in that, which he won't be getting. Um, mm. Make uh, make enough points to justify Haas instead of a, a, a second gun fullback. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Um, I, I, don't, I don't mind the Haas second round pick, but go for another. Go for another. Like if you're if you're talking about this is a. It looks like the question's asking for maybe a flex position, like going yep. for a second fullback. So. Like dip back into in, into round four maybe and get someone like a a hammer or a buddy or a Will Kennedy or someone like that or CNK even. Um, I don't I just don't think that you'll get any value out of Blake Taff even with how low his average is. No, nah, we yeah we went through Blake yeah. Taff. It's just nothing there. Uh, Hiri the Royal has asked us um, if I'm picked number four. Uh, do I take one of these elite fullbacks, Turbo, Trell, Drinky, or do I go for a Fafita or Dill Brown and then get a fullback when it drops in in second round? So he's a he's, he's a for context he's a eight team league without captains, so no captains. Mm, that's interesting. So if it's no, I would if it's no, probably take Brown then. Yeah, if it's no captains and eight team league, Brown. Yeah. Brown, yeah Brown, I think, Brown, Brown or Fafita, to be honest. Yeah, either one's nice. You, uh, I think there's Brown... Enough, there's enough quality fullbacks to go around in that league. Yeah, I think Brown with an 80 average with 5'8 next to his name, that's very, very uh, valuable. Mm, for sure. 
for sure. Fafita's not a bad shout either. I don't mind Fafita. I'm like I think it's close to close to peak that he, we saw him last season. I think he can improve as well. Um, yeah. uh, peak so far, I mean. Um, so Anthony has asked us: uh, We're trying out the flex this year. What are your thoughts on Papi as my flex option, and what round? So we've covered that. Um, yep. Great option is flex, probably the best, and round two. Um, is probably where you'd need to take him, but if you can wait it out, maybe go round three because he's gonna yep. he's gonna he's gonna slide in most leagues for sure. And that's that's the end. That's it. That's all. Okay. Well, fucking decent hit out for the fullbacks. Two hour plus potty, <sighs> which is good because we want to cover the fullbacks in depth. It's a very important position for sure. But, mate, let's get the fuck out of here. Guys, remember, we will be closing the doors to the five-star sledges on Saturday. So what's that? That's going to be the 10th? Uh, yeah. Saturday the 10th. Yes. So we'll close doors on Saturday, Saturday the 10th, and then we'll try and pick the league on the Sunday, and we will post up the winning sledges on Patreon yep. so that, yeah, you can you can call out and say that and say which ones are yours. Say which ones yours, and then you yeah. get in, and then we'll work out uh, how we're going to pick the draft order, when we're going to do the draft, all that fun shit. But yeah, it should be really good. It's going to be a betting league. It's going to be a flex yes. position in there. It's going to be absolute chaos. It's going to be fantastic. Band is going to be flowing. We'll have a WhatsApp chat. Good gear, really good no, gear. It was guys. it was a really good, good group it. last year, and yep, we we almost almost got it done. Almost. 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 Came almost. over the fucking wet sail, didn't we? We did. We yeah. did. Oh, got our eye in. That's all right. Yeah. First yeah. year, we were just fucking, we weren't in it at all. We nah. Were, like, nah we were, didn't give we were, it the attention we were, it deserved. Also, also rounds out, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, mate. Let's get the fuck out of here. Don't be a dog. Go follow us on our socials. That's it. That's all. Remember, there are many things a man can do with his time. This is better than those things. You're damn right, Wooker. We'll Catch us next round on the Weekly Rubdown. That India. Ta-da! 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 Ta-da!